I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is a Lip Media Podcast. This is Off Topic, Hot Topic, a bonus episode of the Hunting Seasons podcast. I'm Damas Cleary. I'm Broderick Gordis. And in this special episode, we'll be running down the best, the worst, and the most surprising TV of 2019. Off Topic, Hot Topic. Uh, that's whatever you were talking about for you. Hello, Brod. How are you? Hi, Damask. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I've missed you so much. It's been so long since I saw you last. <laughs> a number of hours, quite literally. I think it was 12 hours ago when we were... You drove Probably us, dropped you dro- off. Yeah, back from at home. the movies. Yeah. Went, Went to the, the cinema. Bit cute. Bit of a yeah. dubsy date. Double date. How adorable <laughs> are we? Amazing. Oh, yes. Uh, we should get into things, though. We'll talk about what we saw a little bit later mm-hmm. in the podcast, if you like. Uh, and before we get into things, I always want to let our listeners know that, if you, well, that we do love getting suggestions from our listeners. So, if you'd like to contribute a question, topic, or story to Off Topic, Hot Topic, you can do so by emailing us at contact at huntingseasonspodcast.com or tweeting us at... Hunting S cast, but first news in Fuller. Oh, I loved that. Thank you. That was great. Uh, so Brian Fuller's not doing a lot still, as far mm-hmm. as I can tell. Yeah. However, there has been Brian Fuller adjacent news, mm. big one actually in the last oh, few weeks. Okay. Orlando Jones has been fired from American Gods. So on the ongoing tale of American Gods, mm. sort of falling is apart. Is this another seems. person that's been fired? No, this is the one that was. We haven't talked about this yet because it's been a month since we did an off-topic hot topic. Oh, oh so when you say another, are we talking about because there's been multiple showrunners fired from no, the show? No, no, I thought we've already had this conversation. We have not. Oh, okay. I think in private we may have had this conversation. <laughs> okay. Orlando Jones, who plays Mr. Nancy in mm. uh, American Gods Season 1 and 2, yeah. um, has been fired. In a series of videos shared on Twitter, Jones stated that he had been fired from American Gods. There'll be no more Mr. Nancy. Don't let these motherfuckers tell you they love Mr. Nancy. They don't. He went on... He went on. They're a great series of videos. I highly recommend looking up his uh, Twitter page. Mm. Goes on to suggest that season three showrunner Charles Egley, who I'm not particularly familiar with, but has taken over for season three, Mm. removed Mr. Nancy from the show because the character's angry persona was the wrong message for black America. Fremantle. Oh, mm-hmm. no. This is the- Charles Egley, a white man, I assume? Absolutely. So he'd know. Yeah, what, exactly. What is it good or a bad look for? <laughs> African-American people. Fremantle Media, who produced the show, released this statement. The storyline of American Gods um, have continually shifted and evolved to reflect the complex mythology of the source material. Mr. Jones's option was not picked up because Mr. Nancy, among other characters, is not featured in the portion of the book we are focusing on within Season 3. Several new characters, many of which have already been announced, will be introduced into Shadow Moon's world. Uh, that will further contribute to the show's legacy as one of the most diverse series on television. So, before we go any further, mm. how does that sa- sound to you, that response from Fremantle Media? Uh, Bullshit. <laughs> Sorry, I just looked up uh, Charles Egley's um, IMDb. How, exactly. How wide is he? Well, look at his fucking picture. Wow, that is... Does that say that's a, douchebag to you? Because <laughs> it says douchebag to me. Or like white racist uncle. Yep. 
Yeah. Um, so I encourage everyone, if they're not driving at the moment, to <laughs> Google Charles Egley, E-G-L-E-E. Look at his IMDb picture. I think that'll tell you Says all you all. need to know. The man from Connecticut. Um, oh, he's, oh, look at his hat and his sunglasses. It's making me angry just looking at it. What? That's fucking bullshit. I love the level of journalism here. It's like, how, you know, what's this guy's background? I'll look at his fucking profile picture on IMDb. It well, he's says a producer everything. on Dexter, producer on Moonlighting from the 80s. Um, Murder One. He did The Shield for a little bit. Okay. Uh, he's mostly, yeah, just a producer. How? What are your feelings on that statement from Fremantle Media? What are my thoughts on it? Yeah, yeah. Bullshit. The, the, just the idea that because Mr. Nancy is not in, quote unquote, the portion of the book that they're adapting. Guys, it's a TV show you're adapting. Mr. Mm-hmm. Nancy, I thought, Orlando Jones' performance was one of the better parts of your bullshit TV show yeah. that I've somehow got my way through season two. I'm, um, not, what, I'm not doing it. I'm not watching it. I'm no longer interested. Thank I mean, you. that is a whole other discussion that I was going to have with you in a second. But yes, I'm done. I have no real interest in uh, going back No, to... it's a fucking mess. It's been a mess for a very long time. And it's it's a, just getting worse. It's a real shame because I think there's some real talent involved yeah. in the show, particularly uh, on a from a performance level. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they, no. when they're self-sabotaging like this and pulling these sorts of bullshit stunts. Yeah. Uh, Orlando revealed in a later video that he had been asked by the producers to write for the show's disenfranchised characters. This is in season two primi- primarily, I think. Mm. Quote, who was I writing? I was writing Shadow Moon. I was writing Ibis. I was writing Bilquis. I was writing Laura Moon. I was writing Salim and the Jinn and Sam Blackcrow. New media, if you've seen the show, you know there aren't a lot of characters left. I was writing <laughs> all of the disenfranchised characters because they didn't care or wish to write any of them. If you mm. cared about these people or these things, then why didn't you write for them? Why was I thrust into a scenario where suddenly I had to write my own character that's crazy. Oh, my God. There's a couple of uh, articles from the AV Club I've sourced this from. I'll link them in the show notes as well. But, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> what a fucking mess. Uh, I'll be looking forward to it. reading about the train wreck that's season three when it comes out. But I have no interest in watching the show anymore. Yeah, no. No, I'm thank dumb. you. Sorry about that if you're interested in uh, American Gods listeners. Mm. Headlines. We've had some renewals in the last two months since we did an off-topic hot topic. Basically, all of the shows on the CW have been renewed for another season. Legends of Tomorrow, The Flash, Riverdale, Charmed, Dancy Drew, Batwoman, Black Lightning, Supergirl, and a Roswell revival that I wasn't aware of. Oh, has that come out? Uh, If it hasn't come out, it's already got a renewal. (laughs) I remember hearing whispers about it, but Uh, did you ever watch Roswell? I think I tried or like it was one of those ones Mm. I dipped into because a lot of buzz around it back in the day. Yeah. Really I watched it after it finished just on the old DVD. Any good? I really enjoyed it. Hmm. I mean, it starts off great and then it turns into absolute fucking trash. But you know me, I love that stuff. So it was good. A lot of shows do that. Yeah. Great potential. Uh, we don't know what to do with this anymore. It yeah. devolves. Uh, surprising no one, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel returned to Amazon Prime for a fourth season. If you listen to our third season review, you may have noticed a really clunky edit where I took out the bit where... That hadn't been renewed yet between recording and editing that uh, Oh, did podcast, you do that? <laughs> they, they, they renewed it. I was like, damn it. I can't put that anymore. Right. Uh, but that was announced. Uh, all of the Apple TV Plus's brand new launch series, i.e. The Morning Show, show slash Morning Wars, For All Mankind, Dickinson and C are all getting a second season. Mm. The Witcher will be getting a se- second season on Netflix. And that was renewed before it even launched on Netflix. Brooklyn Nine-Nine will be returning for an eighth season on NBC. And to think that it was cancelled or dropped by Fox after season five in Crazy. Wait, so it was... So Fox dropped it. NBC picked it up. Wasn't it always on NBC? No, it was on Fox. Was it? Yes. 
It's so weird because it's such an NBC show. It is extremely yeah, okay. NBC and show. And because in Australia, I've just watched it on the streaming services. Exactly. Now. It's okay. been it's a lot of continuity That's here. That's really confusing. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But it was cancelled. NBC yeah. saved it. I knew it. it was cancelled, but I just assumed it was NBC cancelling it. Gotcha. Mm. Okay, cool. Uh, Amazon's Untitled Middle Earth series has already been renewed for a second series as well. And we still don't know when season three will air for Killing Eve, but it's officially getting a fourth season as well. So there you go. Some cancellations. Fresh Off the Boat will end its run on the ABC with its sixth season. Mm -hmm. Marvel's Runaways will be ending its third season, uh, ending after its third season run on Hulu. That was the last remaining live action Marvel series, Mm. not on Disney Plus, as far as I'm aware. Uh, We tried to watch that, didn't we? And it was awful. I gave it a go because I'm a pretty big fan of the original comic book series. Yeah. And. I think I got two episodes in and I was like, nope. I just did not understand. And maybe the the show is a different thing. It's an adaptation I understand. But for me, the comic books were special because it was the focus on the kids. When they started putting... Basically, episode two was all about the parents. I'm Mm. like, you've you've not... fucked it. You don't understand what this show is about or about this story is about. I thought. Also, Netflix cancelled their revival of the of Mystery Science Theatre 3000, which I'm really sad about. Because I've really been enjoying watching that. Just when you're in the right mood... Especially if you're affected by narcotics. It's a great <laughs> thing to have on the background, have a little giggle with with your brother on the couch. Mm, that's cute. And I'm really sad they're not making more of it. It was very good. I think I tried to watch it once because it was really big in America and I'd heard great things sure. about it. And I was like, oh, I'll try and watch it. But I was sober. That was probably the mistake I made. I think I think it's definitely one of those ones that's better if yeah. you're, yeah, a little. Enjoyed across America in college dorms. Exactly. Most gotcha, exactly. Gotcha, gotcha. Exactly. Yeah. And this, yeah, definitely continued that legacy. <laughs> um, some shows that are in development that have been announced or semi-announced. Harrison Ford is set to star in a Netflix dramatization of true crime documentary, The Staircase. Have oh. You- yeah, right. Yes. So you've watched The Staircase. I have. It's all on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And I think they've even. I watched it back in the be- day when it was just available on the YouTubes. And there was only have many original episodes. Mm. They've since expanded on it two times, I think. I'm not sure if I've watched the expanded ones. And there might even be more coming. I'm not even sure. But they are making a dramatization true crime show. Mm. Harrison Ford starring in the lead role. I'm pretty interested in that. Netflix developing a sequel series to Vikings, entitled Vikings Valhalla, reportedly set 100 years after the original. Have you ever watched Vikings? I've watched maybe half of season one. It was like, fine, I can see why people are into it. Not enough women in it for my liking. Sure. But apparently that changes as it goes along, but I'm not waiting like four seasons of just like dude bros like hanging out on boats before I get to some cool lady characters. Stars is reportedly developing a Weeds sequel series with a working title being Weeds 420. Brilliant. Right. Oh, I mean, <laughs> Weeds was... It was one of those ones that started off really good and then just turned to shit. Disintegrate over time. Yeah. Uh, David Fincher is working on a pilot script for a prequel series to Roman Polanski's Chinatown, the movie what? Chinatown for Netflix. Yes. Like one of the greatest, considered one of the greatest films of all time. Fantastic movie. He's doing a prequel prequel series series set on uh, on Jack Nicholson's character of Jake. That sounds like some, like a joke. It does, doesn't it? But no, apparently that's happening. Someone's doing a prequel series to Citizen Kane or something. Yes. Would be like, that's in that sort of, yeah, that would be a joke on like parts of We're doing a sequel series to Casablanca or Gone with the Wind or something like that. Yeah. It's like, do you really want to go to Chinatown? Is that where you. I just when it, yeah, mm, mm, that's I'm, funny. Okay. I'm fascinated in that, if not necessarily I'm sure jumping I'll, out of my I'll seat. I'll try to watch and it. watch it, but like <laughs> just simply the concept of that is fucking hilarious. Uh-huh. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, in other news, Rachel Bloom and Fran mm. Drescher are co-writing a Broadway musical version of The Nanny. Oh, yes. This news comes via William Hughes at the AV Club. Rachel Bloom of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend fame will collab with Adam Schlesinger on music and lyrics with Drescher and The Nanny co-writer Peter Mark Jacobson writing the book. Uh, quote, Bloom noted that it was a fundamental part of my childhood, the nanny this being, mm. because it was the first time I saw an openly Jewish female protagonist on TV. She went on to praise the show's relatability and heart, saying that the story of Fran Fine is a universal one that has touched the hearts of people of every race, religion, and orientation, end quote. It's a very broad statement to make, but I agree. The nanny was a- The nanny is fucking amazing. I did love the nanny. And I recently went back to it. Yes. Is it still any good? Yeah, it's fucking great. It's super funny. The only thing is just like, it's hilarious that they made Giles straight. Yes. Like that's because yes. he's quite clearly a gay man. Sure, yeah. <laughs> but then they do this weird thing with Cece. Um, but that yeah. was, I, I like in terms of like payoff over multiple seasons, the idea that their like antagonistic relationship becomes a romantic one. Yeah. You're right about Niles, but that worked really well. Oh, his well, name Niles. Sorry, I was thinking of Giles from Buffy. Sorry. That's right. Um, They're all just generic butler names. Yeah, That's fine. English people names. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, like I get the payoff, but he's just clearly a homosexual man. Um, but no, it's still really funny. And Fran Josh is fucking great. And all of her great. outfits are 10 out of 10. Mm-hmm. It's so 90s. It's um, It's really good. I, I like this idea a lot. I think that's a that's a fun concept. And I one, would go see that musical, hundred percent. It, it's it fits it totally. the The style of the nanny definitely suits that sort of over the top mm-hmm. musical Broadway thing. I'm I'm keen on this one. Yeah, I'm see where it goes. And I haven't watched a lot of Crazy Ex Girlfriend, but I have friends who are massive mm. fans and love what Rachel Bloom has done. So I'm quite excited overall. I think yeah, it's a very cool idea. Cool. I hope they. I wonder if there's any way they could bring it to TV, but I, I don't think so, unfortunately. Do we want to talk about the Golden Globes at all? I didn't watch them. Neither did I. <laughs> so probably I think, not two people to talk about it, I guess. I think the right people won for the most part. Did mm. you see Ricky Gervais's no, thing at the Yeah. Thank you. Uh, also, we had a request to talk about some of the drama that's been happening on Survivor, the last season of Survivor, mm. which I would love to do, but I still don't feel like I'm quite across it yet. Yeah, I'm not I, across it at all. I have, uh, we have another friend of the show, Hannah, who's been on previously, who's a massive Survivor fan, mm. who has a lot of thoughts. And at some stage in the future, I'd like to talk about it. Even since we initially were asked to talk about what had been happening, stuff has evolved since then. So there's a lot to talk about. I don't think we could do it justice without having seen it. Yeah, I've got properly. no idea. So I'd be talking out my ass. But I would like to get there one day. Hopefully that comes up in the future, um, if it's still relevant. Damask. Yes. What have you been watching? Well, a couple of things. Um, so after The Mandalorian and mm-hmm. just fe- falling in love with that, I decided to go back and watch The Clone Wars. So I've only finished season... So this season- is the anime television anime show. show, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been watching it on Disney+. Plus. I've only watched the first season. Mm-hmm. Um, rough, really rough start. Mm-hmm. Really rough. I think it took up until the 13th episode. 13th episode, I was like, oh, okay. Okay, sure. this could be something, which is halfway through the season. It's a really long season. Can you remember, because there's a million episodes of this thing at this mm. point, what that episode was and why that was the episode that started to work for you? Yeah, um, because it, well, the first couple of episodes, they seem very disconnected. Mm-hmm. Um, and then slowly there seems to be more of a linear storyline as it goes along. Uh, but episode 13, we have um, two of our leads stuck on a planet. Mm-hmm. Um helping local, I guess, the natives of that planet. Um, 
and just developing that personal relationship sure um between Anakin and his padawan cool so it was it was that episode I'm like okay I can see this show a little clearer and we um get to know Ahsoka mm-hmm. a little bit more which is good and apparently she's becomes a really great character I think she's always been the number one takeaway from the Clone Wars yeah. was that Ahsoka and like even her relationship with Anakin yeah. over the course of a television show which makes sense yeah ends up being way more interesting and, like, mm. rewarding than anything the movies, prequel movies did. Yeah. so doesn't I'm, sound hard, but, yeah. I mean, already from what I've seen of Anakin in season one, he's much more interesting. Sure. More um, complex, maybe? Much so, more complex. Yeah. Um, much more charming. You can see why people would follow him, why sure. people would respect him, um, and why who he is kind of comes into conflict with the Jedi way of being. Sure. Um, and that's already, you know, happened in season one, and I... And that's just surface level stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to kind of diving a little further into into Clone Wars. We've we're not across all of like this sort of family or kids anime TV show stuff. But we've seen mm-hmm. bits and pieces. Mm-hmm. You're a big fan of the Dragon Prince, in particular. Yeah, I fucking love it. Um, have you watched season three so far? Yeah. Uh, have, have did you want to talk about that at all? Season three of. Dragon yeah, Prince? no, I I need to rewatch it because I watched it in a flurry because okay. I was so excited. Um, but yeah, no, I I really enjoyed it. I think. It's nice to see a show like because obviously we love Avatar and Korra and mm-hmm. stuff, and Dragon Prince is pretty like it's definitely a similar vibe, and I love it uh, almost as much as those shows. Like I really enjoy it. I'm totally invested in the characters. I love the world. Mm-hmm. I think it's beautiful. I think I love the character design. Um, yeah, I think it's a great show, and I think people should definitely be watching it. And season three continues to. Like, yeah. did it go in surprising or in the direction you were hoping the show was going? No. So, it felt like the end of a trilogy. Oh, okay. Um, and so... There's going to be three more seasons, isn't there? Well, that's the thing. But I think there's going to be three books and then three books and then... Oh. You know, so, I think, like, this is the end of the first act, I suppose, is oh. how I I felt about it, um, which was good. It was satisfying to see that um, and also exciting that they can then take it into a new area sure. next season, which I think is a really smart way to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, I was coming back to we are sort of familiar with some of that sort of anime television. Mm. How does the Clone Wars compare on that level? Is it comparable to a to an Avatar and a Dragon Prince? And a- At this stage, no, but I'm yeah. only one season in. Totally. And season one is notoriously not as good as the rest. Yeah. So, at this stage, no, but... Fuck, I'm open to it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Definitely. Like, if if it is, I will let you know. And all of that's available on Disney+. Plus. And the rumours are that the new season, because mm. they're still making this, It's apparently, coming out in Feb. That's the rumour, Feb. I don't know if it's been confirmed 100%. I could be wrong about that. Oh, I but thought it was, I, but yeah, the, maybe not. I think the belief, belief is coming out in February mm. is the leak. Uh, so, yeah, there should be more of that soon. And I would like yeah. to catch up. Yeah, I'm trying to smash it out before that. I don't know if I can, but yep. I'm going to try. Cool. What else have you been watching? Um, in terms of TV, another animated series was I watched She-Ra. I watched season mm-hmm. one of She-Ra. Um, I started to watch this ages and ages ago um, because a couple of people had recommended it. And I watched episode one with Angela and we fucking hated it. Oh, really? Yeah. Episode one, we're like, nope. Now, this came on the back of us finishing season two of Dragon Prince, which sure. we loved. And then we're like, oh, we want another animated series. People recommended She-Ra, so we're like, okay, we'll watch that. Watch episode one. Oh, intolerable. Hated all the characters. I was like, what the fuck is this? It's shit. It's basic. No, thank you. Mm-hmm. And then finally we're like, oh, we really do need another animated series. So we started watching She-Ra. 
Now, I have only finished season one and I'm into season two. Angela could not wait for me. She's finished the whole thing. Oh, wow. like four seasons of it. She's Four like, seasons? Yeah, she's gone right through it. I think there's four. Um, yeah, it's great. It's it's fun. It's fabulous. It's got a great sense of friendship, which is like what we love about those shows. Sure. The world is just gorgeous and fun and silly, um, but it's got a huge amount of heart. And yeah, I, I'm really enjoying it so far. Because this is the reboot, I guess yeah. you'd call it, of the original like 80s, 90s cartoon, mm. She-Ra, which was sort of a spin-off of He-Man, I think. Yeah. So, He-Man was like the 80s, right? Yeah, I think and so, she yeah. she come later? We, that's not really our era. I that never was like the watched she but my yeah. brother loved, my older brother loved He-Man and he had like a He-Man figurine and stuff. Right. Um, but yeah, no, I never really watched it. So, yeah, hard to compare. Yeah, but no idea. Yeah. Gotcha. I think there was a lot of... I remember when it was first announced and they first showed uh, She-Ra's character design, there was a lot of outrage that she wasn't quite as scantily clad or <laughs> as uh, proportioned the same way she mm. was in the original, which was really just to be as blatantly sexy as possible. <laughs> yeah. um, they've gone a bit of a different direction with mm. it now, which is probably for the best. Uh, before we talk about the movies you've been watching, mm-hmm. I have been watching a little bit of television. Yes. Remember... Uh, a couple of episodes ago, I think we were talking about the trailer for Don't Fuck With Cats. The Yeah. It's, this is the um, true crime mini series on Netflix. Mm. And I found the trailer to be quite disturbing. The basic premise is that there's this guy who's posting videos of him torturing and killing cats online. And a bunch of people on social media, specifically Facebook, sort of go out of their way to try and find who this guy is and basically get him arrested, mm. caught by the cops, basically. So, it's a three-part series. That each episode's about an hour long. It's pretty good. I end up watching it almost by osmosis. in the room <laughs> doing, like, paperwork mm. um, while my brother had it on television. And so, before I knew it, I was watching it too. Mm. So, I won't say I 100% had, it had all my attention, but it had enough of it. Mm. It was one of those shows that was very easy to follow what was going on. Um, it's pretty good. It's definitely a fascinating story in terms of the the back and forth that's going on between, let's say, the killer and um, the people they're trying to track him down. Mm. Just sort of the dynamics of the group on social media who are trying to make this happen, how they get popular as this guy releases more videos, what that does for their investigation, how it helps or doesn't help, them trying to get the police involved, at what point that and that doesn't happen, um, what eventually occurs, the person who is perpetuating this, what mm. we find out about them and what they've been doing. Mm. The, the, it's a really fascinating, if obliquely uh, sort of approached profile on this person who's killing these cats, right? Mm-hmm. That person is a fascinating figure. I think the what they're doing by looking at this through the group who was trying to track the guy down mm. is a bit of a mistake, though. Okay. Spoilers for real life. Yeah. They're not really that involved in catching this guy. Right. They are definitely a good way to look into the early part mm. of this person's mm-hmm. sort of activities online. But they ultimately don't have a real impact on the result, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah. Unless it's you to critique you on what internet fame might do to a person who's looking for attention. Mm-hmm. Which the show kind of does until the very end, which I won't spoil. Yeah. There's a moment, a very indulgent 30 seconds at the end. I was like, you just done undone the good work you did. Oh, no. they, they, they try to be too clever by half in commenting on people who are watching true crime. And it's like, nah, uh. sorry. 
can't follow anymore. You don't know what you're doing. Mm. It just seemed a little ham-fisted right at the end. So there's a very interesting story here that's reasonably well packaged, mm-hmm. but it's not explored with any true depth or um, sophistication. It doesn't have anything interesting to say other than being exciting to watch and then trying to make you feel guilty for watching that. Okay. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, no, I do know what you're talking about. Yeah. Like, obviously, we live in this era of like where true crime is really big and there's a lot of things about the ethics of that. Yeah, I think I, yeah, I saw, I was reading a review because I didn't want to watch it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that spoke to that as well. And I think I saw, yeah, the the image that you're talking about. The, yeah, you probably have. Yeah, and I was like, oh, no, yes. don't do that. And it's, lame. It yeah. is super lame. And it yeah. just like exposes them for being... Not really that interested in, mm. like, you can't have your cake and eat it too. Yeah. I, you can't point the finger at me and go, you're a weirdo for watching this, and mm. you, but you fucking made this. You can't make a true crime <laughs> no. doco and then be like, what are we doing, and guys? And lean into every single cliche on true crime documentaries yeah. and then pretend you were trying to say something about that at the end when you weren't. No. It's like, nah, sorry, you know who guys. Do, who the people who do say something about that? American Vandal. Yes. That's fucking amazing. 100%. That's how you do that. Oh, I missed that show. There was something. Uh, there was something getting online recently. There was all these vandal, uh, this vandalizing. Oh, it was like a, a news story mm. um, about this town. I want to say in, like, it was like regional America or Canada or something like that. And there was this person getting around, like tagging um, and doing and vandalizing like graffiti all over the town. Mm. But it was a proper news story, and it was like. Is this American Vandal Season 3? Is this viral <laughs> marketing? This is amazing. That'd be so good. Uh, the other show that I've been watching mm, oh, no. somehow yeah. is The Circle. I'm going to blame my brother Liam for all of this. Oh, they keep suggesting it to me on the <clears> Netflix. <throat> and you know what? I'm probably going to watch it. So, it turns out I've learned over the last couple of years that my brother is really, really into some pretty trashy reality television. That's because it's the fucking best. Uh, specifically, he's been watching things like he got our whole household into Love Island, Australia. Mm-hmm. Uh, he watches like some of the renovation reality TV shows, particularly House Rules in Australia as well. Mm-hmm. And now he had, he's been watching The Circle on Netflix, which is a reality TV show that's sort of centered on the idea of like social media, funnily enough, actually, mm-hmm. after um, doing Don't Fuck With Cats, where people are all kept in the same building, it appears, but they're all isolated from one another in separate apartments. Um, but they can interact with each other and only with each other, no one from the outside world, mm. um, by a social media sort of it's platform very black called mirror. The Circle. It is very Black mirror. Mm. mirror. And people set up a profile with pictures and stuff and they can they have to, they do it via voice. So they go message and the computer hears them and go, say send this to such and such or to mm. the group or whatever. So that makes it much easier to watch because people aren't just typing into a keyboard <laughs> and you have to read on the screen. Yeah. Um, it's actually very well edited, I thought, cool. in the way that they uh, make it feel like a more natural conversation because you mm-hmm. see the back and forth happening, people's reactions to what they're reading as they then respond, you know, mm. vocally. i got to say, I think some of the best editors in television work in reality. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And from few that I know ten- tangentially, they're often doing it under a really strict like time frame as mm-hmm. well. The circle might be a bit different because I don't think it's happening sort of yeah. in real time. But anyway, I digress. The So then it's all about like how people present themselves, people who are trying to play the game. Basically, if you end up being the most popular person at the end of this, you're going to win $100,000. Ooh. Yeah. And so cool. some people are just being themselves mm-hmm. and hoping that just that by works. being themselves, it's going to work. And some people are 
not being themselves. Marketing for, themselves. For well, for Creating one. Creating a brand. For instance, that's one way of putting it. Another way would be catfishing. For instance, mm. one gentleman is pretending to be his girlfriend. Oh. So he is, uh-huh. I think it's Vanessa is the name of the, the persona on the circle. Mm-hmm. But his name is like, I don't even know what his George. name is. It's like Matt or something, right? Mm. And he is like filtering the personality of his girlfriend into this profile. And like being her. So they don't have like video of each other or anything? No. They do have, they've got a selection of photos Mm -hmm. that they can choose from. So if you're coming in as yourself, you've got like all your social media photos and you can choose which ones to put on. But they've like, part of the game is like, I think you have two profile pictures to begin with. And then there'll be like an alert. People can now put up a new one. Everyone can hashtag it sometimes anonymously. So you find out what people think of each other. Mm. There was one person who got found out as being fake because... The pictures were not close enough, and everyone was like, "This is you're a fake, you're a poser, blah 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 right. blah. You're catfishing, etc." I won't get into the drama of it. Mm-hmm. It's super trashy. It's also quite fun <laughs> and engaging. And I need to just get over the idea that I can't enjoy reality television. Yeah, you fucking it's, snob. It's very good and totally lowbrow, but you get invested and you mm-hmm. get your favorites. Yeah, and it's fun to see. Yeah, the ones you don't like doing poorly or... Mm. it's What's really fun, I think, is when you see two people having a conversation, sometimes two people who are both pretending to be other people mm. and each of their perception on how the conversation is going. It's like one person's like, oh, man, I'm doing so well. I'm ruining this guy. And the other one's like, Ugh, what the hell's going on here? Mm. And vice versa. It's it's just... It's very voyeuristic, but it's, mm-hmm. it's really fun. Yeah. I would recommend checking it out. I think you'd like it. I'd like to hear yeah. your thoughts on it as someone who's a bit more of a reality TV connoisseur. Mm, I'd love to watch it because I just started like, yesterday and I was watching it this morning before you came, um, Cheer, which is on Netflix, which is like, like a docu-series, I guess, made by um, the same people who did Last Chance You, which is about the college football team. I have not team. heard of any of these. Cheer is about the, like, the, the top college cheerleading team. They're okay. in like a tiny town in Texas. Um, and all these kids from around the country go there to ch- do their cheerleading. Um, and it's, I don't know, it's just fucking interesting to watch all these kids who like are elite athletes mm-hmm. do this sport that they can only ever do in college. There's no, there is professional cheerleading, but it's not like competitive cheerleading. It is just what you stereotypically think of cheerleading. Sure. Whereas these kids are like gymnasts and dancers and it's, the things they do are fucking nuts. Um, the things they do to their bodies are actually quite upsetting mm. to see. Um, but it's fascinating to see them exist in this tiny, tiny town, which like no one really appreciates them. And it's it's pretty good. I would recommend it. Uh, just another thing that's great about The Circle is when someone is eliminated, mm. they are allowed to go and visit one of the other contestants. Oh, wow. So, they have to choose who it is. Mm. And so, you have these interactions where someone gets kicked out and they might go and confront or go see the person who got them kicked down, basically, mm. who chose to have them sort of Drama. blocked, as they call it. Yeah. Or they might go and see someone who they think isn't really who they are. Yeah. And so there's that thing of finding out were they really where they said they were, were they catfishing, mm. what's their interaction like. That's a really fun part of the show as well. Cool. <laughs> I do really want to check that out yeah, now. I think you should. Uh, I put it on my list. What? Well, the thing is as well, it's interesting. They've been releasing them weekly, but mm. four episodes at a time. So, last week, I believe, was the first four episodes. 
This week just gone, there was another four. Mm. That's I've seen the middle four episodes so of the season. So it's like your Big Brother because you'd and have your five more. days a week of Big Brother or whatever. And then on sure. Sunday, you'd have an elimination. Well, there's been multiple. Like in the four episodes I saw, there was at least two eliminations, mm. I think. And then like we ended up just watching all of them one after the other. Mm-hmm. And then I think that this next week's the last week. So it's only three weeks worth. But they're already talking about doing it. That's a one. good idea because you're also extending it, but you can sit there for a couple of hours with your mates and binge it. Totally. Yeah, cool. I would also say that if they did the Circle Australia, I would like to be honest. <laughs> Putting your hand up. I'll go <gasps> That'd on that be show. such a fun episode of Hunting Seasons. If we Wouldn't it? reviewed your show. Ah, I love it. That'd be cool. Mm. Uh, what have you been watching at the movies, Damas? The movies. The I movies. finally went and saw. Jojo Rabbit? Yes. I haven't seen it yet. So oh, you haven't seen minor it? spoilers. Zero spoilers there, again. There will be zero spoilers. Now, I, you spoke about Knives Out ages ago. I can't remember if it was on the podcast or not. But Very briefly. Yeah, and I think you said, oh, it was really interesting how they marketed it. wasn't really what the movie was. Mm-hmm. And I think Jojo Rabbit does something very similar there. I went in with an expectation of what you see in the trailer. And that's, you know, somewhat what I got, but not... Not really. Um, it was very funny. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. Um, it was heartbreaking. Fucking how heartbreaking. Um, the direction is beautiful. The characters are so well drawn. You can see that obviously it is based off of something else. Um, so it has echoes of that. When you say based off something else, mm. can you? is that a spoiler to say what you're talking about there or...? No, it's based on, I think... It's a book originally. Yeah, a book or a graphic novel or something. Sure, yep. So, it feels... It does feel like an adaptation. Sure. And I mean that as a compliment. Mm -hmm. Um, Kind of like End of the Fucking World feels like it. You're like, oh, this is obviously a graphic novel. Totally. It has that sense. It's... Yeah, it has Ryan Johnson vibes. It's got Wes Anderson vibes um, just in its style. It's also got... Real Edgar Wright kind of editing moments, cool. which um, gives it a lot of energy. Um, the the lead boy is so endearing. Surprisingly, Scarlett Johansson is funny and great to watch. I think she's. I think we're learning that that Scarlett Johansson is a good performer. Um, she's got great performances in her. Mm. She can be really good at times in the right material yeah. with the right director. Yeah. She's not like naturally. What else did you really enjoy her in? Um, a lot of people are talking about Marriage Story. And that's oh, I haven't watched that, that. Which I haven't watched yet either. Yeah. Um, but like, I mean, it's only a voice performance. She was good in her though. She was good in her, yeah. <clears throat> um, things like that. But Under the Skin is another one that people talk about. Oh, but I haven't again, seen I haven't. <laughs> this could turn to, we could do a whole podcast about catching up on movies. Oh, Scarlett Johansson yeah. movies. No one's listening though. That's so problematic. Um, <laughs> watching Trees with Broad and Damask. Um, cool. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, she's really good in it. Taika, obviously, is fucking hilarious to watch. Mm. Um, oh, and the, the little boy that plays the main boy's best friend is Everyone's the cutest. talked about this he's guy. He's so fucking cute. And I just, like, I just want to adopt him. I, I believe think he's wonderful. he's just been cast in the Home Alone reboot that's coming oh, to Disney+. Okay. Plus. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I mean, I'm not super enthused about <laughs> that because who knows? Home Alone is a perfect film, so mm-hmm. why? But um, that's never stopped them before, I guess. And he's very cute. Um, yeah, so I loved him. It was a beautiful story and it felt like – it felt new to felt, me. Yeah. I was like oh, – I, I didn't expect it. Um, it went places – yeah, I didn't expect it to go. Mm-hmm. That was beautiful storytelling, affecting storyline. It is 
I think people, and I probably had the expectation that it was going to feel a little preachy. And I, you know, but to my politics, so I probably would have really sure. enjoyed that. Yeah. It's really not that hmm. at all. Obviously, certainly there are elements of like, you know, anti-fascism. Of sure. course there is. Um, but it's more nuanced, more complicated than that? It is more, it's far more complicated than that. And I mean, it's a story about Nazis, mm-hmm. the people living in Nazi Germany who were following those rules, mm-hmm. who may not have understood everything, but certainly knew a lot yeah. and um, felt okay living within that society. So, would you say that's like that's there's a relevancy there? Like, fascism is sort of on the rise, it seems mm. like. And it's easy to... Like, Nazis are the bad guys in, like, your Indiana Jones films. You shoot them up in video mm. games. Nazis are just the easy bad guy to go, oh, they're evil. Mm-hmm. Fuck them, right? But then when you do that, as true as that might be, it takes out any of the nuance and like, well, how did a place like Germany, which, you know, is a mm. country just full of human beings like everywhere else, yeah. become a fascist state like that? Yeah. And it, it certainly doesn't excuse it. It quite explicitly mm-hmm. says, no, 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 um, going along with such things um, is monstrous. Yep. Absolutely monstrous. But that doesn't mean the people living there are monsters, yeah. it means they have huge failings mm-hmm. that they need to look at. Mm-hmm. Uh, they need to, yeah, look at how they could let something like that happen. Um, but they are people and, you know, we all have the capacity for doing really terrible things. Um, but on, in saying that, it's also really funny. <laughs> so, it's it's a great all round, well-rounded film, I think. I, I, I had a great time in the cinema. I can't, I don't know why I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Like, I've been looking forward to it ever since it was announced. The the idea of it is fascinating to it mm. to me. The it's like edgy, quote unquote, in its concept, but I know Taika has puts heart into his stories. Yeah, it's got huge heart. And I, I saw a lot of people like, oh, you know, it wasn't my favorite of his. Mm-hmm. Um I've actually I haven't seen a lot of his stuff. I've seen obviously um How was the it? world of people? No, I haven't seen that. <gasps> yeah, I know, I know, I'm a failure. I'm sorry, which I know I need to see. But yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah, but I really, I thought it was great, and I, yeah, I don't understand why people wouldn't enjoy it, but whatever. But I, yeah, it was good, and did, I recommend people go see it. Did you hear that uh, Christian Bale is possibly going to be yeah, cast in Love and Thunder, which is the next Thor film that he's mm-hmm. directing? Mm. That doesn't seem like massive news necessarily, except that apparently. Christian Bale had sworn off ever doing comic book movies again. Mm, but didn't Natalie Portman as well? That, her too. Yeah. So, this is the suggestion is that people are lining up to work with Taika Waititi. Like, I mean, who wouldn't? Exactly. Have you seen his jaunty shorts? <laughs> Him alone. <laughs> just to spend time in a room with Taika <laughs> is probably Just to enjoy enough. the fashions. <laughs> but in terms of the work he's doing as well, mm. like he's... Yeah. His he, episode of The Mandalorian, like mm. it's the best of the series. The guy is great. Yeah. Uh, what else have you been watching? Well, I, I went and saw Knives Out as well, yes. as you did. Um, another film where I was like, this feels cool and different. Mm-hmm. Wasn't like the trailer. Wasn't mm-hmm. expecting. I didn't know what to expect because um, you had told me that it's not like the trailer. I'm like, okay, well, what's it going to be? Um, the trailer just does a good job of like setting up the, the like, it's not untruthful. No, it not just- at all. Keeps it's, it's, the main more there. thrust of the film out of it. You yeah. don't understand the direction it's going specifically. Mm-hmm. You understand the setup. Yeah. But beyond that, it does a good job of keeping yeah. like a central direction of the story out of mm-hmm. it, which is brilliant. Yeah, I found myself laughing a lot. Yeah. I found it very funny. Um, and it's 
it wasn't what I was expecting in the sense that it's kind of just – you know, so much about this disgusting white privilege that mm-hmm. is seen as normal um, and, like, all the fucking bullshit that people of colour have to endure. Um, yeah, which is not what I was expecting. No. And it was, yeah, it was fucking great <laughs> to watch. I I had a blast. It was like, now this is the kind of Agatha Christie that I would like to watch. Sure. Like, this is, like, a modern version of that with a great sense of fun, great sense of humour. Um Funny performances all around. Uh, yeah, it, it was a blast at the movies. It's very hard to talk about without spoiling it, so yeah, we won't totally. talk much further. But was there like, for me, there was a moment, I won't say the moment, mm. but there was a moment where I went, where I went from just being like passively watching the film, enjoying it on a level, to mm. going, oh. And like the movie changed and then it was a different movie mm-hmm. and I was like, completely absorbed and yes. just like there yeah. engage like, the film. I know what this is, but I'm having fun, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Do, 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 do. And then I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, and then it, that just that feeling of, yeah, still having fun, but mounting dread. And be yeah. like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. Um, I don't think I have for a long time been that behind a protagonist. Being totally like, come on, right. come on, come on. Like you want to cheer and all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, we don't want to say too much about it, but yeah, I was fully invested. Totally. Yeah, yeah I really enjoyed it. The current news is that Knives Out has been very successful and cool. for based on its budget and, and so forth mm-hmm. and um, that it is going to get a sequel that we'll see more <laughs> Benoit Blanc, which... I love Benoit Blanc. Oh, my... <laughs> fuck, he made me laugh. I didn't know that... Uh, isn't it Daniel Craig? Daniel Craig, yeah. Could make me laugh. Yeah, I know, right? He's fucking hilarious he, in it. It's, it sounds and like it's a, so dry because he's not trying to be funny, mm. obviously, but it's just the commitment to that oh. character makes me laugh. Yeah, that's it though. It's it's like he, I, yeah, it's not like he's trying to- He's not wacky or anything. No, he's no. just like so committed to this down south kind of good old boy <laughs> and it's just so funny. Yeah, it's very good. Uh, he, it sounds like he had a great time making the movie. He wants mm. to return to the character. <sighs> Brian Johnson wants to return yeah. to the character. <laughs> Um, I imagine he is going to have a line of celebrities, mm. much like Taika Waititi, yeah. just wanting to be in this next yeah. film. So I'm fascinated to see if that happens. Apparently, the, the word is he wants to do it quite quickly. Mm. I hope that's because he is going to make it before he goes and makes his Star Wars trilogy and that Disney is still doing that. Disney. Wait, who? Who's Ryan he? Johnson. Is he doing it? What? The idea was that after... Well, even before I think The Last Jedi was announced, mm. or it was, sorry, came out, that he had an idea and Disney were committed to making a Star Wars, letting him make a Star Wars trilogy. They'd be set either before or after or not directly connected to the Skywalker, Skywalker saga. Yeah. Then The Last Jedi had all this backlash. It made plenty of money, but mm. it was der- divisive as a movie with fans, mm-hmm. fandom menace, et cetera. And so that kind of went quiet. And then the guys... Weiss and Benioff, they were going to be making Star Wars films. Then that didn't happen. We haven't heard any more about the Ryan Johnson mm. stuff yet. Basically, Star Wars is in a bit of a no man's land at the moment. Mm. We don't know what direction it's going outside of the stuff on Disney+. Plus. Mm. I, just Disney, do me a solid, man. <laughs> just give me, let Ryan Johnson make his trilogy. Have the balls to follow through on that, to let him give, have a go at this. You know what I, I would say, love? What would you love? I would like a documentary. Into what happened to the Rise of Skywalker? Yeah, me too. Yes. No, about the backlash against Ryan Johnson mm-hmm. 
and all that stuff. Similar vein as to have you seen the Dixie Chicks documentary? No, it's fucking great. It's one of my favorite docos. Mm. Um, it's called Shut Up and Sing. It's about during that time when they criticized George W. Bush for sending troops to Iraq. Oh yeah, they right. They were totally right. Mm-hmm. Anyway, they were like banned from country music radio. Everyone turned on them. People were burning their CDs in the street. It was fucking ridiculous. Because guess what? Conservatives are fucking drama queens. Anyway, um, <laughs> talk about snowflakes. Um, anyway, I want a documentary like that about the Ryan Johnson thing, and I want it to be called The Fandom Menace. Oh, The Fandom Menace has been... It is a thing, that's but been, that's what I want. Oh, that, that term has been used on yeah. Twitter for a long time as oh. the people that, yeah, try to I think to that would be such a satisfying doco to watch. I, I'm interested in that. I'm pretty happy with but Ryan Johnson... Ryan Johnson. Five to ten years time. Sure, yeah. We need breathing room <laughs> and context. I, I, because that's what the Dixie Chicks had. It takes place like over five years, and it's a great doco. The Ryan Johnson, I'm, I, and truly inspired. That's the thing. There's a series of filmmakers at the moment, and yes, these are all men, which is not all that inspiring. But between Edgar Wright, Taika Waititi, and Ryan Johnson, there's like this new sort of wave. Not even that that new at the moment, but this wave of Directors that are going through making really interesting stuff inside sort of pop culture at the moment that I really mm. like. And Ryan Johnson particular inspires me because his attitude towards things, he never ever seems to get pulled into the toxicity of it all. Yeah, which is He's great. constantly taking the high road, constantly trying to celebrate the right things. Const- I don't know. I just admire well, it's the best guy. not to engage, isn't it? It's not, it's, sometimes it's not that he doesn't engage at all. He will have comments where it makes sense. Mm. Um, he's called out. Some people for talking absolute rubbish like as well. Like the Rose stuff. Like the Rose yeah, which Tico is stuff, yeah. yeah. Which is fair. Um, but he just doesn't get sucked into the, the being bullshit. negative as well, which yeah. I really admire about him. Anyway, what else have you been watching at the cinemas? Ooh, well, so we went and saw Rides of Skywalker. We did. Together. So I want you to <clears throat> lead the combo on that because you are the in-house Star Wars fan. I don't know. This is funny. I've had requests from listeners to talk about this. I've had people ask me, it's like, are you guys going to talk about the Rise of Skywalker? Are you going to mm. talk about it? And if you caught me- Are you me, doing a Ryan Johnson or are you not going to talk about no, it? No, <laughs> I'm not going to not talk about it. Yeah. But like, it, it. if you caught me, I've kind of gone through like, how many stages of grief are there? <laughs> well, in terms of Star Wars, I think there's 5 million. Yeah, probably. Yeah. But like, if you caught me in that first couple of days, mm. you would have got a rant out of me. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of- at that stage where I'm just feeling exhausted, exhausted. by it all. Well, yeah, it's funny you say that because when we first got, we immediately left the cinema. Yeah. Um, and as we do when we finish watching Star Wars, we usually stand outside the cinema and have like a group chat and mm-hmm. stuff um, to which you were ranting and raving. I um, was which is obsessed. Which is what I call broad um, holding court really at that <laughs> moment. Um, and then at one point someone asked me a question and I didn't really have an answer because I'm like, I don't. I'm, when I'm exhausted, because just during the whole, f- as the film was happening before my eyes, I was having so many thoughts and you and I were exchanging glances. And so I was already thinking through the there whole thing. There was a thing. lot said without saying anything yeah. during that there movie. Was, yeah. And I'm just thinking through the whole thing, which is not a good sign because you should just be engaged in the totally. film and not being like, what, what? Oh, God. Um, throughout it. So the time we got out, I was just like, and I had already kind of switched off because I wasn't super engaged in The Last Jedi. And then mm-hmm. I was like pretty neutral when I went into Rise of Skywalker and then just being so hugely, I guess, disappointed and something that I didn't even really care about anyway. I was mm-hmm. like, wow, you couldn't even reach my low expectations. Um, 
so yeah, I didn't have a whole lot to say about it. I mean, obviously I knew what my critiques were, but I didn't feel the passion to engage in a conversation about it, I guess. Sure. Mm. I think there's a few things that come to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, number one, I, I, th- I think a real indictment of the movie is that uh, watching it, I barely felt anything. Yes. <laughs> Which I think is one of the worst things that this film could do. If yeah. it's, you can, whether you're just a standalone Star Wars film, a series mm-hmm. that I love, and honestly, characters that I love. Like when we first saw The Last Jedi, I sort of, wasn't sure how I felt about it. Mm-hmm. I thought I loved some parts of it and I wasn't sure how I felt about others. The more and more that I've watched The Last Jedi, the more and more and more, the more I love it. Mm-hmm. Like it is flawed, no doubt. Yeah. But the general filmmaking powers that went into it, mm-hmm. the strength of it as a Star Wars movie to be something original but still be very Star Wars, to be able to look at trying to critique what Star Wars is, but ultimately reaffirm what we love about Star Wars, to have moments that stand out as being some of the best moments in all of Star Wars. While it's flawed, there and there are things you can pull apart, overall, it's so strong that that stuff doesn't matter. And it gets a mm. lot of emotion out of me for the right reasons. That's nice. This one, I... It, yeah, as a standalone Star Wars film, as the end of this trilogy or as the end of the nine films, I should feel something... <laughs> And mm-hmm. I don't. I, I didn't. I was just sort of like felt mm. bombarded by yeah. this like rush of stuff happening, yeah. but no time for characters. Yeah. I think like as it was happening, maybe a third of the way into the film, um, I was thinking, yeah, why aren't I feeling anything? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, things are happening so fast. I was really seeing, I was like, I was like, what? But why aren't I feeling something? I was like, I think it is just like a rapid editing nightmare mm-hmm. of like boom 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 from this scene this scene this scene this scene there's no quiet there yes. and so as all this stuff is happening i was just like one perfect example is like there was one scene where our characters are in one area like and apparently there's danger literally within two seconds they are saved have a conversation with someone boom and they're sent to another place and that takes it's two minutes and I'm not spending any time with these people. I'm watching them do things, but I'm not spending time with them um, as people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I was like, I don't – I'm not getting to know these people more. Um, I'm not understanding the personal stakes at this point. Um, yeah, it, it just kept pushing me further and further away from it. There are a lot of like, there are individual, like if you want to talk about the actual story in terms of the events that take place, Mm. I could pick that apart for sure, Mm. but I don't think that's as important. I could talk about how it indulges in the worst parts of Star Wars. It keeps recommitting the same sins that Star Wars committed and doubling down on them. Mm -hmm. The way that J.J. Abrams has just, what he thinks is progress in story is to just make things bigger than they were previously. Mm Mm-hmm is a terrible reflex that the person running Star Wars shouldn't be doing. Mm-hmm. Like, it, we we can't just keep making... This is bigger and better than last time and that's mm. why it's important. That doesn't fucking fly. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. My, my feelings and thoughts are everywhere on this. We've only seen it the one time. So, the editing thing, I feel like I need to see it a second time to see if that tracks mm-hmm. then as well. But certainly, that's how I felt watching it. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah, I, I think it was it was a shock because 
with Force with Force Awakens, mm-hmm. I obviously it was very similar to A New Hope and all of that. But you're like, oh, so they're just kind of reinvigorating, you know, the the series. Um, they're echoing things. They're as resetting more of an, it. Yeah, they're as like- an homage. But it <laughs> felt like a reset. You're like, okay, cool. But then with Rise of Skywalker, you're like. Is that the only trick then? I thought I thought we were yeah. doing something else and Why it turns out- Why are we out, doing this at all yeah. if we're just going to lean into what Star yeah. Wars has done I, before? I put- And when people said that, I'm like, oh, but it's just a reset. But I'm like, oh, well, I just put my belief into that's what I thought you were doing and that's not what you were doing at all, mm-hmm. at all apparently. Um, yeah, that's exactly how I felt. Yeah. I, I enjoyed The Force Awakens, but the more I thought about it, the more I was... <clears throat> I still like, I saw it five times at cinemas. Mm. I really enjoyed it as a cinema experience mm. and it was well-crafted. It mm. was edited well. It's... Uh, it spent the time with the characters to make mm-hmm. me care about the new people. Great jumping off platform. Perfect jumping on platform. Mm. And I was always like, but The Last Jedi can't just be The Empire Strikes Back again. Right, mm-hmm. the last Jedi has to take this franchise in a different direction. Yeah, and it did, mm-hmm. and it was like perfect. You've set this up and gone. Yes, this is Star Wars that you know, but now we're going to take it in a direction that you don't expect. And then the Rise of Skywalker goes and goes. No, no, sorry. Let's undo that and just make this re- basically Return of the Jedi. Mm. And what is the point of making a sequel trilogy if your end point is basically the place that we ended the original trilogy? Mm-hmm. Spoil- I don't think that's a particularly big spoiler, but mm. it's like it doesn't have anything new to say. Mm-hmm. It's exactly the same place we left off. Yep. What is the fucking point in making that? And ultimately, it just ends up being to try and make pew-pew explosion space movies that people go and watch because they're a ride. And I don't. Mm. Star Wars is better than that. Which is shocking because, I mean, the, the prequels, they are bad. They're bad. They're, they're bad, bad. They are terribly made movies. Yes. They're fucking shambles. But, you you know, at least they were doing something 100%. that they hadn't done before. You know, if you take the basics of that and give it to someone who didn't surround themselves with yes men and, like, you know, had yeah. some limitations, could have been something. It wasn't. It's a fucking mess. And mm-hmm. I just want to – I'm not going back and changing that opinion now no. that Rise of Skywalker – because fucking terrible but yeah at least there was an idea to like well let's really expand what star wars could be yeah um which is not what rise of skywalker did unfortunately not at all mm. i'll try and wrap up my general thoughts but if you want to go into, if you want to hear more specifics so many places have already done it i just don't feel like <laughs> oversaturating the conversation mm. um and I do want to say that if you enjoyed the movie, I'm very happy for you. I've come across people who have asked me my opinion because we saw it early mm. and have gone like, oh, what do you think? And I've had to go, I really didn't like it very much. And then they've gone and watched it and gone, what the hell are you talking about? I'm like, cool. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm glad you liked it. But one of the best comments I, just to sort of wrap up my thoughts briefly, quickly, mm. is one of the best comments I heard about this film, I think it wraps it up really well, is that it is the statement, it doesn't hold up to a single why. Meaning that as soon as you start going, but why did that happen? Mm-hmm. It absolutely just falls Crumbles. apart the seams. And <clears throat> you could argue that there are things in The Last Jedi that, you know, there are big questions as to why. Mm. But what holds it together is that thematically and character-wise, it any why that you have a problem with is at least reinforced with, but this was what we were trying to talk about. This was the theme of this. This was like the overall discussion. It fits this thing. It makes it work. Because mm-hmm. like plot holes, sometimes people get too stuck up on the idea of plot holes. Yeah. Like 
it's a, it's a Star Wars film. It's about space wizards. Like, you just got to go with the ride to some degree. Mm. But that only works when the character-driven story around it is worth supporting the rest of it mm. or the, the, that plot. And this doesn't. They don't put the work into the characters. They're just going from moment to moment to moment. Maybe putting up one idea, but then either not exploring it or taking it back immediately, which I find absolutely baffling. Yeah. There was one moment in the movie where it was like something happened and it was like, oh my God, that's a choice. And then it's undone within five minutes. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, now that is hollow and empty and doesn't mean anything. Mm. And why is it here at and all? And even the structuring of it means that. It might mean something to the characters within the story, but to the audience, it means nothing because yeah. we're given information way too early yeah. that it just kind of falls flat. You're like, well, what was the point of that? And so you can find all these things throughout the movies where you go, but why, 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 why? And it just like dissolves in your hands. Mm. It's just like there's nothing there. I thought that was a really acute statement. Um, it, there's a couple other things I thought as well. Someone suggested that what we should do as an experiment is watch this the whole nine well, the whole series through, mm. but take out episode five, Empire Strikes Back, and take out Return of the Jedi. Oh, sorry, take out The Last Jedi, sorry, mm. and watch them. And what you'd have is seven movies that feel pretty cohesively similar. Mm. And that there's just these two movies mm-hmm. that sort of like have held up the rest of the trilogy for being standout really good. Yeah. And ultimately my feelings on the sequel trilogy are that I'm really glad that we got eight because it proves that Star Wars movies can still be exceptional. Mm-hmm. But what has happened here, I think, is Disney have gone into... They've got the Star Wars brand and they've wanted to turn it into the MCU. Mm. And like, unlike what they did with Marvel, where they organically built it up bit by bit by bit by bit over time until they got a sort of rhythm and a structure going to make these 20 movie ridiculously successful franchises they did that worked so well Mm -hmm. to the point of Endgame. They did what DC did with the Justice League and tried to catch up too quickly, went in with no plan, went with no structure, just tried to force it to happen Mm. and instead came out with a fucking mess. Yeah. And it's like... It just shows how it's either- It's like they forget that something like that started with Iron Man. It is, Like they right. always forget where it started. Yeah, it's like they either got too cocky and thought we can turn Star Wars into the, as big a franchise as Marvel and mm. just threw it down the toilet. And we're just too cocky or or maybe the, the Marvel MCU really is a miracle. <laughs> maybe that is just the exception to the rule and that everyone's mm. going to keep trying to chase that like success yeah. and they're all going to fail because even this shouldn't work. Yeah, it just it happens to, to. It has to happen organically. It has to happen organically. You cannot force it to happen. with Iron Man, the plan was not to make MCU what it is now. It was like, well, let's do an Iron Man, see how it goes. Well, Because like, you couldn't envision the MCU as what it is now. It has evolved into what it is now. Certainly, the the plan would not have been, we're going to make Iron Man and in 10 years' time, we're going to have Avengers Endgame. 500 films. Yeah. Yeah. They, I think they always had the ambition to do that mm-hmm. because, like, in the first movie, it ends with uh, Samuel Jackson, yeah, like, Avengers Initiative. Yeah, you can't go in directionless. But then there was a couple of years between individual. It was like a slow ramping mm. up process with stumbles along the way. Iron Man 2 doesn't work that well. Age of Ultron is better than I think I gave it credit for, but has some problems mm-hmm. from trying to be too many things at once. Like mm-hmm. And like they learned along the way, got better and better and better. They made sure their individual films, for the most part, actually worked as individual movies. Mm-hmm. They weren't so beholden to one another that 
if one failed, the next one was going to be affected by it as well. Yep. And they it grew, as you said, organically. That goal or the ambition to be this big might have been on the wall somewhere, mm. but it wasn't like we're going to go from here to here and um, and we're just going to make yeah. it happen. It was, oh, let's do this. Let's get to the Avengers. Mm-hmm. That worked somehow. Yeah. <laughs> let's get to the Avengers 2. Okay, that didn't work as well, but we can reset. Let's go again. Get to, yeah, it was like, mm. that's not, Disney tried to force something to happen that wasn't there anyway. Did you see anything else in the movies? Was that it? I did. I saw one more thing. Sure. Um, I saw The Farewell. The Farewell? What's The Farewell? Yes. So, it's um, starring Aquafina, who's probably the most known person to a Western audience mm-hmm. who is in it. I think she won the Golden Globe for her performance. Um, it takes place in China. Um, it's about a, an American girl. She's... She immigrated to America when she was very young with her family. She goes back because her grandma's ill. So, the whole family goes back, her and her parents, and everyone's kind of coming together from where they've been living to, you know, say bye-bye to grandma. Um, It's a really, really good film. Hmm. And it's about a cultural difference that I was entirely unaware of. Um, And I don't want to talk too much about it because I didn't know that that's what the film was about. Sure. And it might be in the trailer, but I I found it good not to know. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, it's about this huge cultural difference that um, between the West and the East that, yeah, I was totally unaware of. It's really just about watching a family walk together in pain Mm. um, silently um, and watching, I guess, the difference of for them what – family means what it what you owe to one another sure um what the burdens you take on are are very different i think mm-hmm. um i found it fascinating heartbreaking and at first you're watching it i think as a western being like oh no i don't agree with that sure but then it's so nuanced and you're like actually maybe that is the role of family mm-hmm. to to do those things um yeah, Is it it's weird really that what you're talking about may actually be touched on a little bit, just from the vague description you've given yeah. in Don't Fuck With Cats? <laughs> Are I you, don't you, know what you're I, about. I cannot be, tell you specifics what that is, but there is. <laughs> it sounds like something that's actually partially touched Touched on in that documentary, interesting oh, enough. I don't know. Mm. I've very, got no very, idea. very, very minor. I've got no idea Go what on. you might be referring to. If, I wonder. I wonder. I'm interested um, in what finding out now. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's a great film about loss, about family. Um, yeah, and what we owe to one another. And I, I really do recommend it. It's one of the – yeah, it was certainly one of the best films I've seen in a while. How did you watch this? Is it at the cinemas? Yeah, it's at the cinemas. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. I've never heard of it. You brought it up yesterday in the cars while mm. driving back because yeah. Aquafina is also in Jumanji, the next mm-hmm. level, interestingly enough. Um, and I, I'm not really familiar with her work. As I said to you at the time, I'm more familiar with the character that's got a similar name in Bojack Horseman. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> which says a lot about – yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I watched the trailer a little while ago. Sure. And then I forgot about it. And then Angela brought it up. She's like, oh, we should watch it. I was like, yeah, okay, sure. Went along and I was like, fuck, that was a good movie. Is it getting like Oscar buzz and stuff like that? Like, if she won a Golden Globe. Probably. I don't. Yeah. I haven't really been paying attention to the award season, to be honest Interesting. with you. Interesting. Yeah. So, the Farewell in Cinemas now. Anything else? No, that's it from me. Uh, the only other things I've been seeing in the movies... Uh, I haven't seen Jojo Rabbit yet, but I've seen Frozen 2. Went with a couple of my housemates... Um, because they were just like, hey, we're going to the cinemas. Do you want to come? Sure. Let's go see Frozen 2. I was 
a pretty, pretty good fan of Frozen 1. Mm-hmm. Um, I certainly... I, I enjoy it for being... Maybe commenting on Disney's princess legacy a little bit and trying to do some new things there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a nice like rebuttal to maybe to some of the toxic ideas about girls' roles in stories mm-hmm. that have come up in Disney princess films. Um, and the soundtrack's pretty good. <laughs> and I really I like Frozen Kristen Bell. So much. Kristen, Kristen Bell? Kristen Bell. Kristen Bell, yeah. Uh, as Anna as well. Mm. Uh, so I saw that. I've seen that film a couple of times and liked it. Mm. Was not necessarily looking forward to Frozen 2. But remember the trailer coming out and going, ooh, this looks different to what I expected it to be. Mm. Like had a very almost Middle Earth or like very high fantasy sort of feel to it. Mm-hmm. Adventure film feel to it. It didn't feel anything like the original. Uh, the sequel is good. Uh, I think its soundtrack is ultimately better than the original one. Ooh. Um, not necessarily that there is... Like, it depends how you feel about Let It Go. Mm. If you think that still holds up or if it got just overplayed and so it's sort of worn down in your mind as being mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. maybe not as good as we thought it was at the time. But I think overall it's got a better soundtrack. I think emotionally it is way more complex and interesting. Ooh. And visually spectacular. It's kind of that movie where it's trying to do a lot and the first half or so is just a little bit messy and not super focused, but by the end of it, it like adds up to something really, really cool. I was, yeah, really taken back by it. I think Frozen 1 ends up being a better movie overall just because it's more, it's like it gets the basics right. It's a simple story from start to finish, tells a cohesive tale. And it's like, while some of the characters, like Kristoff is not particularly interesting in that film, um, it just ends up being a more complete whole thing. It feels more finished, if that makes sense, or more, um, but just better executed overall. This has some higher highs, but also just feels a little bit messier, I guess. Mm. But definitely recommend it. If you're looking for like an animated uh, adventure to go and see that's, and you're like, Musicals, definitely worth a look, I think. Cool. Uh, also, we went and saw Jumanji The Next Level. We did. This was something you really pushed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Jum- I love The Rock. You I, love The Rock. I love him so much. I love his movies. If you haven't seen San Andreas, everyone needs to go and see that film. It's one of the best like disaster films I've seen in so fucking long. I find him charming. I enjoy the things, the way he plays with masculinity in a lot of his films. Mm-hmm. He just seems like a really fucking lovely guy and I think he'd give really nice hugs. So mm. I'm ha- I'd happily go see any of his stuff. And so if, well, you didn't see Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle. So yes, Jumanji – No, hold on. Oh, sorry. Sorry, I, I, <laughs> I, stopped, right I stopped halfway through my thought. The original Jumanji came out, Robin Williams in the 90s. Mm-hmm. You know, Loved it. Bit of a family mm. adventure, slightly scary classic from the I had the board the time. game. Fucking loved the it. The board game was really fun, especially mm. as you put the cards in. and oh, so you, you can't s- see it and then you put it underneath the view. And view then thing. you can read it through oh, like the gem. Yeah, great. that was a cool game. <laughs> but my, my best friend in like primary school had that game. It was yep. great. Uh, love the original movie. Absolute classic. One of those like kids adventure movies that isn't afraid to be a bit creepy, a oh, bit scary. scary. A, and you know, it, there's a real sense of danger in those that film. Those drums. Yeah. Oh, you'd fucking, you'd hear them and you'd be like, I'm going to wet myself, mom. And then... They they made Zathura, which was sort of like a spiritual <laughs> sequel, the John Favreau films Zathura. Yeah. Um, but I never really saw that. I saw it. I think I saw it on the pl- a plane many, 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 many years ago. Mm-hmm. And I was just confused because like 
it's just it's just Jumanji but in space. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand what was happening. I was quite young at the time. And then eventually they get around to making Jumanji the next level, mm. set inside a video game. This seems like the worst idea ever, but it's got an interesting cast. I like Karen Gillan just because I like Karen Gillan. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Rock, uh, Kevin Hart's fine, Jack Black, mm-hmm. but like still not feeling truly inspired. They should be making a Jumanji sequel so far after that feels completely removed from the original. Then went and saw it. It was quite fun. You're like, this is fucking great. No, I wouldn't say I thought it was great. <laughs> I, I'd say I went and saw it at the cinemas and was like, I had a really good time. This mm. is just a fun go yeah. to the movies um, and have a good time. Leave not, mm. you know. Well, yeah, because I had no desire to see it sure. and I didn't go and see it at the cinemas. I was over in Perth hanging out with Angela's family. We were on the couch one night having a couple of wines. We're like, oh, let's watch a movie, family-friendly movie we put on. Jumanji, uh, Welcome to the Jungle. Um, is that what it's called? Welcome to the Jungle? Mm-hmm. Yep. I did not expect much. And it was fucking, I really enjoyed myself. It's very I, fun. I had fun. I was laughing. And I was like, yeah, it was such an enjoyable romp. Yeah. Nice adventure film. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. it shocked me because it, do- it doesn't deserve to be as good as it is. And certainly it made a shit ton of money. Like it yeah. did very, very well at the time. Um, so, of course, it's an inevitable sequel. Mm-hmm. The next level. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about the next level after seeing it yesterday? Uh, it's not as good as the first. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's once again very enjoyable. I laughed. Um, Jack Black always makes me laugh. And I know there's a lot of people out there that don't like him. He tickles me pink. I tell Who you doesn't what. like Jack Black? Oh, lots of people find him really annoying. Same oh. with Will Ferrell. People really don't like Will Ferrell. I don't know why. Um, but, yeah, I Jack Black always makes me laugh. This These films are the only films that make me think that Kevin Hart is funny. Sure, Everything yeah. else I've seen him in, I'm like, this guy is not funny. But in these films, I think he's really good. Um, the Rock is is very cute to watch him pretend to be other people. I think he I think he does a pretty it's good job. Admirable. Yeah, I think he does a pretty – I mean, he's not a comedian and he's standing next to Jack Black and Kevin Hart and stuff. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. I think he does a better job than Karen Gillan. He has some Karen comedic chops, though. Sure, yes, um, yes. She's also uh, she's basically the straight person, the straight man in this series, though. Like yes. she's asked with being just the person who keeps the story on track. Yeah, uh, the addition of Dane DeVito and Danny Glover is interesting. I found their story, their the relationship they have. I mean, it it felt a little superfluous to me, mm-hmm. but it's you know cute to see all these young, very attractive people pretend to be Danny Glover and Danny mm-hmm. DeVito, particularly Danny DeVito, who is such a character. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, if you like the first one, go see the second one. Why not? It's really fun. I kind of wish Danny DeVito at the start of the movie mm-hmm. had lent more into being Danny DeVito because yeah. I think it would have made the character the character or caricatured versions the impersonations of him in the movie mm-hmm. feel a little more organic yeah he's actually not being particularly Dane well, DeVito early on, I didn't think. For those that have seen him in Always Sunny, that is him as like Dane DeVito times a thousand. Yeah. Which is so funny, which is yes. why the character of Frank is fucking amazing. Um so yeah, if he was a bit more Frank, I think at the start, yeah, I, I agree with you. Because the people playing Dane DeVito in the video game world, a very Dane DeVito, and very that, and that is funny. Yes. That is funny. Um, yeah, that's good. Yeah, I think I think it was it was fun enough. I didn't enjoy it as much as the first one. Mm. Um, I think there is a point about two thirds of the way into the movie where it got a lot better. Mm-hmm. Just they shake things up 
kind of <laughs> they something something changes and it's a little more familiar and then it's like oh this is the movie this is the way it's meant to be this is what and i it, wanted this is what it came for and it felt yeah. right again yeah. so as much like i admire what's funny it's like they're going back and they're redoing re-exploring the same well i mean it's the same environment right they're back into a video game they keep having to mm. re-explain the rules that we established in the first one as though because they've got new characters in this but also as if if you haven't seen the last one here's how this works yeah. which can get a little bit tiresome so i don't know it's it's a little clunky i think mm-hmm. but it's certainly not a bad time like no. it's can, well, i was gonna say inoffensive it is interesting seeing people of multiple ra- different races and gender playing other people of race and gender <laughs> and you kind of start to go what uh, how, are we allowed to do this? I'm not sure anymore. Yeah. I mean, there was one point I was like, this feels inappropriate. Yeah. Um, there At the very beginning when that was happening, I was like, this feels inappropriate. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then you adjust. And then, yeah, there are, there are moments where you're like, this feels weird. If I think what it might do is it might get away with it because, A, they're playing on a recognisable person and mm-hmm. their persona most of the yeah. time. So it's helpful to go, okay, that's an impersonation of Danny Glover. Yes. Right? That's helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, but also it seems reasonably fair game where people of like Asian ethnicity, for instance, mm. are playing uh, a Jewish character or an old man character mm-hmm. or like- yeah. Everyone seems to be able. Everyone's flipped, and the cast is very diverse. Very diverse. So it's not a bunch of white people pretending exactly to be right. black people, which would be highly inappropriate. <laughs> um, so okay. everyone's kind of playing on. I mean, we have you know characters playing your stereotypical white woman, and obviously it's a different place in history of impersonating different race and that kind of thing. Definitely, but everyone's you know tongues are firmly in cheeks yes. with this one. Not to say that people don't have the right to be offended and not like it. I am a white person. So <laughs> my, you know, grain of salt, grain of salt, grain of salt. But I think the way they balance it is probably the smart way to do it. Uh, yeah. So do you mind your next level? That's all right. I think there'll be a third. And the, oh, l- the little tease mm. at the end about that, I'm probably more interested in that idea than what this film was. Yes. I think it's a good, I think it's a good middle film for a trilogy. It's fine. Yeah. It's it's the middle film that feels like we didn't intend to make a sequel, but now we do, so we need to... The gang's back. Bit of reshuffle. Let's see where we go. Yeah. Number three. Yeah. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Are you ready for truly hydrated skin? Meet Hyaluronic Body Serum, a breakthrough in body care from Osea. It's clinically proven to instantly increase hydration by 161%. Their lightweight, fast-absorbing serum delivers 24 hours of nonstop hydration for silky smooth skin without the sticky afterfeel. Osea's latest innovation combines the magic of their best-selling Hyaluronic Sea Serum with a new formula that's good for the whole body and five types of hyaluronic acid to target every layer of the skin. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been crafting seaweed-powered products for nearly 30 years. The best part? Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code SUMMER. Uh, all right, let's talk about the year that was 2019, mm-hmm. which we suggested was the whole point of this podcast, and we've been talking for an hour and 15 minutes. God, we talk. Fuck, just shut up, you idiots. So, I guess my first question <clears throat> is, what were your feelings on 2019 as a year in general? In Whether <gasps> yeah. that's talking about TV, pop culture, the world. I'm not talking about the world. That's We're, we're all exhausted. I'm not talking about that. I don't think we should talk about that. Sure. Please. All right. Um. <laughs> We're all very, very fucking tired over here. Um, it's an escapist podcast. Exactly. We're trying to get away from the world. We're exactly. watching television, goddammit. Exactly. It. Um, I was looking back on the shows that we had reviewed in 2019, and I was like, it's a pretty average year. Not to say there weren't good shows I mean, there. It was a bit of a mixed bag, which is how I feel about 2019 in general. Yes. There were some highs. There were some lows. Yes, there were. Uh, which, yeah, I was like, I, I guess that feels right, because I think that's how I, I felt. I don't... Mm-hmm. I didn't have as many highs, I don't think, in 2019 as I have in previous years. Um, and I think that a part of that is because we had a few shows going into either their second or third season, shows that third I'd really season, loved, yeah. um, that didn't quite meet my expectations, which mm-hmm. is always disappointing. Um, it was a fine year. It wasn't the best, mm-hmm. but I mean, certainly could have been much, much worse. What are your thoughts, your general thoughts on 2019? Yeah, as a year, I, mixed bag is what I wrote down. Yeah. On a personal level, my football team, Richmond Tigers, won a premiership. So again. happy for you, bro. Fucking like, it can never be a completely bad year when that happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got some real success in like pop culture cinema in terms of Avengers Endgame was oh, fucking yeah. great. And like, it made me so happy that like they stuck the landing. They stuck the landing. Yeah. That I still can't believe literally the last moments of that film is like. Ex- exactly what I wanted. Mm -hmm. And it's incredible to me that that worked. Yeah. We said earlier, it's a miracle. And they absolutely stuck the landing. That's how you do fan service. That's how you like, you celebrate yourself. 
you're like, yes, we do, we've made it, we're doing this, and it's a good story. And- it's payoff, though. That's yes. the difference. Like, it's like it's, you say fan service, and I think there's an argument that some of the things that happen in there are fan service, but all, a lot of it has but been with purpose. It's been with purpose, yeah. and it's been building and uh-huh. building and uh-huh. building to this moment that we've been waiting for, and it's earned. It's deserved. So you yeah, yeah. like it. Yeah. So you feel it, unlike a certain film we talked about earlier, which tried to, to recreate yeah. a certain moment from End of Game and completely yeah. fails because they didn't earn it. Yeah. I didn't feel panned to. I felt rewarded. Yes, exactly <laughs> right. Decades of And it was also love. surprising. Again, another thing they did with that with Avengers Endgame was just like they didn't – they advertised in a way they kept a lot of it out of the advertising. Mm-hmm. And so even within the first 15 minutes – I was like, where the fuck are we going uh, with what this? What are we doing? I'm what sorry, what? <laughs> don't know. Yeah. Um, the meanwhile, Game of Thrones and Star Wars both completely... Like, uh, what's, the, what's the difference of sticking the landing? Breaking your leg upon <laughs> landing? Being impaled by the hurdle. <laughs> mm. Absolutely whiffed yeah. their finales. So, like, two of the biggest franchises in pop culture undid a lot of goodwill that's been built up over... Years, if not decades, in Star Wars case, mm. I'm, not, I'm being a little over dramatic. I still love Star Wars. The Mandalorian gets me excited. I have, yeah. a, I have a fucking lightsaber at home. I love Star Wars. I'm not going to not love Star that Wars after one bad film. So enjoyable to play with. It is. Oh. Game of Thrones, though, it, it does make me not want it. Like, I still want to go back and watch the original trilogy of movies with Star Wars. Yeah, no, I won't go back and rewatch Game of Thrones. I have very little feeling about going back and watching Game of Thrones. Like that ending was so poor as to be. We'll talk more about that in a bit. Mm. Um, and for the podcast, like it's been a big year for the podcast. Um, tumultuous at times in terms of our scheduling was a bit weird. Mm. You were very busy with uh, uni. Mm-hmm. We both had holidays and stuff like this. So it wasn't always as consistent as we might want it to be. Mm-hmm. But generally, I think we did a pretty good job. Um, we had our 100th episode. We did. Which was pretty amazing. Which was Game of Thrones. Um, <laughs> we got our new theme song we from did. Lucas Hall, which I love. Yeah, it's we so good. changed the format up a bit. We're now doing these off-topic, hot-topic episodes separately, which mm-hmm. I think has been a good move. I think uh, and so. allows our review episodes to be more focused. We joined Lip, the Lip Media mm-hmm. uh, Media Network, yep. which has been awesome and love being a part of them. And we've had a massive uptick in listenership because of mm. that as well. So that's been really awesome too. Yeah, so it's been very overall, rewarding. very successful year yep. and very rewarding year for the podcast. So thank you very much for listening. Let's talk about our favorite shows of 2019. Ooh. What's on your list, Damask? Number one, I think, is Russian Doll. Mm-hmm. Like Russian Doll for me was and I think this happened like not last year but maybe the year before when there were these shows coming out that were really surprising me mm-hmm. that I was like I didn't know what to expect out of you but fuck this is really cool TV and makes you really excited about the binge model um the amount of like kind of the the people that they are allowing to make TV and yep. the really interesting stories that they are getting out of that um providing that opportunity and yeah, I feel like there'd been a bit of a a break from that, and then we had Russian Doll, um, which I loved. I gave I gave it a five. It was short. It was succinct. It was hilarious. Uh, it was moving. Natasha Leon was such a force on screen. Mm-hmm. She was so is so charming. Is so funny. Is I'd never considered her to be a leading woman before. No, and I was like, oh wow. I mean, she breaks your heart with a funny line. Like, just mm. the thing she's able to do. Um, 
what she brings. I mean, she is the show. Yeah. And and I should say there are great performances around her, but she is that show and she's the reason, a huge reason as to why it's so great. I think, yeah, it's firmly my favourite show of 2019. It, yeah, it, sp- it spoke to me because obviously, you know, had issues with uh, mental illness mm-hmm. and that sometimes leads into abusing substances and that kind of thing or struggling with those types of issues. And it just really spoke to that mm-hmm. in a really creative, cool way mm-hmm. that doesn't feel like, oh, I'm learning about mental illness and blah, 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 blah. It's just like this is a fucking cool story. Yeah. And if you are... Utterly character-driven. It's like yeah. you said, it's not preachy. It's just like spend time with this person as they go through this mm. com- ridiculously crazy and and not wholly original but original enough no, situation. No, that's the thing. It's, like, it's not an original concept, this yeah. kind of Groundhog Day situation. Mm. But what they do with it is yeah. fucking cool. Like I didn't know that I could want that story yeah. again and I did. And the way they did it was so refreshing mm-hmm. um, and wholly unique in, in, in its execution was fantastic. It, yeah, the way that it was structured was so clever. It was like, I love when I'm watching a TV show and I'm just blown away with how clever the people behind this, the, the camera are. Yep. Like, fuck, what a team that must have been to stitch all of that together in such, yeah, just wow, perfect. There's, Great television. I, I don't know if I could add much to what you were saying because I 100% agree with you. I think the word that comes to mind is exciting. Like, mm. and, and particularly as we talked about it more, I realized there was more even there than I first thought. Mm. And watching it through again and picking up. And it's just... Great on the rewatch. It's exciting. It's it's a fresh perspective from some new voices. Some some of these voices, like, we are aware of that maybe mm. haven't been given this opportunity to do yeah. something quite so ambitious before. Because yeah. it's funny... They it's, haven't had this amount of control before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, like, ambitious in the sense of, like, it's not massive. It's not an epic, but it's, like, ambitious, original storytelling for the most part. And it's... Mm. It's very exciting and I loved it as well. I think yep. I changed my review to a five while we were discussing you, it. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I think you gave it like a four and I gave it four point five. And you're like, oh, but in a couple of years, like in context with the other seasons, I might change it. And then by the end of <laughs> the discussion of, of our discussion, you're like, yeah, no, it's a five. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, is though. I agree. Yeah. Russian doll was amazing. Mm-hmm. What else you got? No, you give me your one now. Um I think, well, Fleabag. So, we, Mm -hmm. you had already watched Fleabag season one. Yeah. But we decided before season two came out that we'd go back. I had not seen it yet. So, went and watched Fleabag season one. Mm -hmm. Holy shit. That was amazing. (laughs) Fleabag two, I personally think is even better. I wanted to give it a 5.5 out of five. I loved it so much. I think season (laughs) two of Fleabag is pretty much perfect. Mm. It's very hard to pick. I, I have I had no criticisms of season two. I had zero criticisms. Mm. Um, Phoebe Waller Bridge, watching her sort of her rise has been extremely exhilarating. I can't wait to see what she does next. Yeah. But Fleabag, it's just so well written, performed, so full of like character and nuance and heart, and it's. Like, it's dark, man. It's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a lot going on there. And so much is done in, what, 12 episodes over the mm-hmm. course of those two seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I 
recommend it to everybody. I'm sad to hear I've recommended to people who have not enjoyed it. I'm like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> How are you broken that you cannot enjoy this? Well, that's the thing. They're probably not broken enough. Maybe that's it. To enjoy You're it. too whole. Yeah. You need to be more broken. Yeah. Uh, I think like, well, I certainly enjoyed season one more than season two. Mm-hmm. I think without a doubt, season one and two, the, the show of Fleabag for years and years and probably decades, will be must-watch TV. It will be something that those who really enjoy television will be talking about as one of the greats. Because I think, like, it's only 12 episodes, but what we get there is such beautifully written, complex characters, and the, the nuance, the... Of what they say about love mm-hmm. in all of its forms yeah, is something really lovely. I, as you watch it, it makes you feel connected <laughs> to other people. It'd be like, we're fucking all lunatics in love and it's fucking scary and it's awful and we all want to push people away and go, fuck no, I don't want it, I don't want it because that's how it makes you feel. Um, but it it's, cracks you, like it cracks through that shell that we all have. I'm like, mm-hmm. no, no, we're all tenderonies on the inside and this is and it is heartbreaking and it hurts, but it's fucking great and you just want to cry and you want to hold the characters inside the screen and it's just fucking great storytelling. There's there's always something when a show can feel so cynical and yet ultimately be full of heart like mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. Um I think just speaks to the human experience. That's mm-hmm. the wankiest thing I've ever said. But that's what. But that's what the show is. It's just. Yeah. It's wholly human. It mm. feels like. It just feels very real. It feels like Phoebe Waller Bridge is putting it all out there, and it's done such a masterful way. It feels like a, a good book. Like so yeah. often with shows, because you don't get that inside perspective. Um, what, what's the word? I've just had a perspective. Brain- Thank you, <laughs> brain aneurysm. You, you don't, don't get inside the character's head. Yes, exactly. Yeah. This show gives us that. Um, that I, the level to the level of intimacy we feel with Fleabag, mm-hmm. um, yes, is yes. something really special. Yes. That it does feel like a book. It's feel like you've really spent a lot of time with her, in all of her quirks, all of her insecurities, all, all of the way that she damages herself and others. Like, yeah, you really at the end of it feel like you understand her um, and appreciate that she's shared so much with you. My only fear, it's like there's there's excitement and fear that this is going to inspire a whole lot of other stories and also a lot of shitty in- impersonators that are mm. going to try and do what Phoebe Waller-Bridge has done and not understand why it worked so well mm. um, and make some crappy stories mm. in television out of it, unfortunately. But hopefully we're going to inspire a lot of good stuff as well. Do you remember <laughs> when you compared... Fleabag to girls. I do remember that. <laughs> and I called you a fucking idiot. Listen, we all make it. mistakes. <laughs> and we all have friends who know, need to bring up those mistakes. I don't know what fuke state I was in. <laughs> but listen, nobody's perfect. And that includes me. And I'm mm. sorry. I apologize. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you need to write a letter to Phoebe Waller-Bridge. <laughs> and listen. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Uh, what else? What other shows of the year do you have? Um, uh, I've got another one that had a higher score, but one that's uh, more of a personal, a personal love. Yeah. 
which is Killing Eve season two. Which sure. I know you didn't love. Yeah, no, um, no, but, but like, us, like Killing Eve is, is being yeah. fascinating. Um, and I'm going to say this with as much dignity and grace <laughs> and respect as I can. <laughs> this show makes me horny. Uh-huh. I want Jodie Coma to make me come and then Jody slit my Co- fucking throat. <laughs> like, that's what I want. <laughs> this show. Jodie Coma to make you come. Exactly. <laughs> is very fucking sexy. It just. Ugh. It just, it really does it for me, Brad. Yeah. I think it's its just the, the spy film I've always wanted. I've, oh, it, yeah, I love it. I think it's exciting. It's fun. Uh, scintillating. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's all the things that I never knew I wanted. Um, I, I, I definitely liked season one a lot more. I yeah, think no, season two is not nearly as well written. Mm. Um, however... If it's going, if its legacy or its journey is just to be this super horny mm. female assassin, mm-hmm. catch me if you can, sort yes. of like, yeah, there's that's a lot of value in that, and I appreciate. I boy, I do I value it? Tip my hat to it doing what it's doing. It's not at the top of my list <sighs> yeah. for the year though, mm. but I understand. I no longer need Pornhub, so that's good. In a similar way, mm. that's kind of how I feel about the Mandalorian. I don't think for a second, like. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Wait, hold on. Let me rephrase. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Let me rephrase. Well, well, you do know people are excited by Baby Yoda. <laughs> not for that, right? <laughs> that's, that's not why it's a hey, he's, fi- he's 50 years old. He's, he's telling me. He's legal. <laughs> Yuck. No, let me, let me rephrase. Not because it makes me horny. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's so weird because the last thing I said was that I no longer need Pornhub and then you immediately moved into Well, that's exactly why I no, like no, no. no, in the sense that I I really enjoy it, but I also know it's not high art. Yeah. You know, like it doesn't compare to Russian Doll or Fleabag in the sense of it being original mm. or bold. What it is is just very good at what it's trying to be, Yeah, which is not sexy assassin, <laughs> <laughs> Pornhub, surrogate. <laughs> It is uh, straightforward, um, like Western samurai mm. trope storytelling. It's going back to some of the more basic elements of Star Wars back in the day. It's just, yeah, like a 90s, like episodic adventure series. And it's doing it really well. Mm. It helps that Star Wars absolutely. Obviously, I'm sure I'm forgiving a lot of flaws because of that. Mm-hmm. But it's... A- so as I said at the time, it's like what Star Wars needs right now, and um, I enjoyed mm. it so much. Like that fucking yeah, it was lots of fun. I just it? had such a good time with it that it's. I come away from that so looking forward to what season two looks like. Mm. Um, I'm sure John Favreau has been given, a, you know, a long leash of what he wants to do with the next season. Mm-hmm. So I'm really, really, really looking forward to that. And yeah, came away is one of my favorite experiences on TV this year. Uh, what else is on your list? Um, yeah, something that we watched very recently was Watchmen. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I gave that a five as well. It's obviously I was like intrigued by the idea of a Watchmen TV show, but I wasn't like fucking pumped yeah. to watch it. And then I, I saw it was getting a lot of love on Twitter. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Um, and I started watching it. I was like, this is really good. Mm-hmm. Like, and I loved Jean Smart in it. I think she's my favorite part of it. Yep. <laughs> um, because, you know, I grew up watching her in the Brady Bunch movie, which I thought she was great in. Um, but I haven't seen a lot of her shit. Um, Who's she playing that? It's been a long time since I've watched the uh, Brady the, Bunch movie. The sexy mum. 
That's always like flirting oh, with like, right. the boys. Yep, 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 um, yep, 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 yep. That's a good movie. <laughs> it's I need to go hilarious. back and watch that again. Yeah, me I'm too. sure I'd appreciate it now more than I did when I like was in my teens when I watched it. Yeah, yeah I, I think it's great. Great satire. Um, and Jan is just the fucking funniest. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I wasn't, it, yeah, pumped to watch it. But when I did, I was like, it was, fuck, the amount, amount of work, The it looks beautiful. Mm-hmm. The performances are great. It's fucking weird. Yes. It's so, so weird. And I'm sure there are a lot of people out there will that will not like it. But I loved its weirdness. It's world I, building is the yeah, bit that's still I mean, that's the thing, is that like me. I was never pushed away because of the world that it existed in was weird. Mm-hmm. It kept me fascinated to want to know more like well, what what's the what's the story behind the this you know the squid rain and everyone's acting like it's normal and you know all, all little things like that i was like what the fuck is going on but i wanted to know more yeah um yeah i think it has a lot to offer if you give it a chance do i don't need more of it no i'd happily get more if i think it's, it's kind of a standard. miracle yeah it's- yeah that's the bit that impressed me about Watchmen's on my list as well. It shouldn't work, but it does. It shouldn't exist. Yeah. It should not. It, nobody should have greenlit this ever at any stage. <laughs> but yeah. This it, is like American Gods gone right. Yes, mm. totally. Yeah. But like American Gods at least was a building off a book. Like even if you think that book is not adaptable, at least well, so it had- Watchmen. Sure. But well, American Gods has a story that's already pre-existing that's just doing- I Watchmen is a yeah, yeah. sequel series. There yeah. is no material. I mean, there's the original, mm. but they're not remaking that. They are continuing that yeah. without the original creator's involvement or consent. It's like, it should not exist. Mm. It should not work. And yet, it it works because it had a perspective. It had something to say. Mm-hmm. It built on, didn't just try to recreate what had come before it. Um, and that was very exciting. And and it took some fucking bold choices and big chances and some made some bold choices. Mm. And for the most part, they all worked. Yeah, I was very I so. impressed with Watchmen. Yeah. Do not make a season two. Don't do it <laughs> unless it's 30 years from now. Yeah. Like build on it the same way this built on, on mm. the original graphic novel. Uh, the only other one I wanted to bring up was Barry. Yeah, that was on my list too. Just because it continues to be excellent. Mm. Um the first season was fantastic. The second season is equally as fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's maybe not as overall complex, although it is at times. It doesn't quite hit me in the same sort of exciting spot as Fleabag or Russian Doll, but I'm just blown away by how good the show is. It is weird in its own way. Mm. Oh, um, absolutely. The character work is fantastic. I love what Bill Hader's doing in this oh, show. So good. I love what Henry Winkler's doing in this show. Um I just I'm I'm super into that show and I can't mm. wait for season three and to see where things go from there. It's mm-hmm. it's been excellent, Barry. Um and probably one of the better things that HBO has at the moment. And it's just cool to see someone like Bill Hader, yeah, getting to make something like this, yeah. I think. And it's not a big show. No. But what it offers you is something really special, something that is um, it's fascinating just emotionally to watch what Bill Hader is doing on screen. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, if, for a character that you should not like, you should not be rooting for, Bill Hader's performance really is something else. And I think what they're doing that show is, yeah, it's great. Absolutely. Uh, episodes of the year. Mm. 
What was your favourite episode of the year, Damas? My number one favourite. That's mm-hmm. f- I've got three. Is that okay? That's fine. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, <laughs> you just mentioned Barry. Mm-hmm. Ronnie and Lily. <laughs> Episode five. Which was my least favorite episode of the season. In a season that didn't have bad episodes, but I just didn't quite feel like oh, I loved worked it. as successfully. Like yeah. the, the concept was good, but I was like, oh, I'm tiring of this now by the end of it. But oh, I thought it was so funny. Rewarded for being so just, different. It's escalation and hijinks at its best. Mm-hmm. And it was fucking just bizarre. I was, it, I was yeah, laughing out loud. It. Just it tickled me pink. It was fucking great, um, and it was a nice, I thought, reprieve, I guess, in a way, um, from the more kind of stoic moments that we get out of Barry. Sure. Um, well, yes, it was high stress. It was just laugh out loud funny to me. Yeah, it was leaning into just crazy antics, <laughs> yes. comedy weirdness. Yeah. 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 What about you? What's one you like? I mean, I think the number one episode for the year by a mile for me is Watchmen episode six, This Extraordinary Being. Yeah, that was a mine too. cannot talk about this in any detail without no, spoiling it, so I won't. I've literally, under my notes, I've just got the episode title. I yeah. haven't written any notes. It is impossible Ugh. to talk about, yeah. except to say that it is one of those episodes. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. you, as you're watching it, you're going, holy shit, this mm. is like something that people are going to be talking about for a long time. Yeah. And we'll come back in discussions when people talk about the best episodes of television ever made. It's going to be, you know, on a level of like Ozymandias from mm-hmm. Breaking Bad or um, yeah. oh, what's the one from Lost? Uh, there's an episode in there, which I can't remember all of a sudden. But yeah, like stuff like that. People are going to mm-hmm. look back on this and go as a single entity, the way it's made, the way it's presented, what it's talking about the story that's in there, mm. fucking just it's, outstanding. Yeah, perfect example of what this show, this show knew what it was doing. Yes. And knew how to take what previously existed, add to it in a really organic way. They might go, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And just elevate the original material, and which was, is so hard to do. Was willing to go like in a bold direction with yes. it too. Like it was taking chances. Mm-hmm. Um, and fucking, but really, yeah, chances, but so thought out, and yeah, it really does elevate what was already there, which, which is, is amazing. If so it can, incredible. If it can be, yeah, better than, or, or yeah, make the original source material better. That's mm. just incredible. Yeah, I'm trying the constant, the constant. That's oh, the that episode <laughs> of Lost I was trying to think of, right. which I haven't watched all of Lost. I've watched a good percentage of Lost. Mm. I sort of dipped out and came back in at times, but The Constant is an amazing episode of television. Yeah. Uh, what else? Yeah, I've got another one. Mm-hmm. Um, Russian Doll, episode eight, Ariadne. I don't know how to say it. Sorry. <laughs> Look, I loved, I loved, loved, loved every single episode of Russian Doll and I wanted to make everyone my favourite. But what this show does in the season finale, for a show that at every point I was engaged surprised, elated at what I was seeing. One, they stick the landing with this episode. Mm-hmm. And two, they bring forth an element that was genuinely surprising. They might go, oh, my God, you fucking got me. Amazing. Um, it was just a great way to end it and make, makes you want to go back and rewatch it 
and rewatch it again and again and again. Yeah, that. Yes, yes. And I was going to put in my personal choice for Russian Doll was actually episode seven, the one that came before it. Mm. And it's more because of the mood of that mm. episode is unique and very twisted and creepy and stuff like that. But yeah, that that you're wholly right. That ending, it's like just when you think it's over, mm. it adds this one extra layer, and you just yeah. go, "Whoa!" Yeah, yeah, I think it's like Incredible. a five out of five episode. Out of a five out of five season. Like, just like, fuck yes. Mm. Uh, the only ones I want to bring up briefly, season two, episode one of Fleabag, the restaurant episode, I mm-hmm. think is about as good an episode as you could. Just in terms of like its structure, it mm. works in its own as a complete entity and it is just so well done. When you've got all those people around the dinner table and just mm. the back and forth that's happening there is brilliant. Yeah. And also I want to mention, just to do something different because we keep talking about Fleabag and Watchmen and Russian Doll. I, maybe it's a recency thing, but I really liked the episode five of Mrs. Maisel, the, of It's Comedy or Cabbage, mm-hmm. because it's a fun episode, and then the stuff they do with Lenny Bruce at the end yeah, of the episode is really, really cool. Mm-hmm. I felt felt a lot with that one. Mm. Do you have any favourite performances? Just, sorry, just on yes. that, um, after Angela watched that episode, I was generally worried that she was going to leave me for a fictional Lenny Bruce. Really? Like, she just for absolutely- Obsessed, in love, <laughs> ready to walk out the door. So that was that was concerning. Thank God he's fictional. Exactly. Well, well he was that, real. that version. That is, version is fictional. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did you have any favourite performances of the year? Oh, did I just? <laughs> um, and they're kind of all the all the same. Natasha Leon. Yep. Number one. I yeah. Just oh, what a powerhouse in. She like I said, she is that show. She makes that show. It's incredible. Uh, we've mentioned Bill Hader. Mm-hmm. I think this is like. Career defining, all that stuff. It is so him. You can see how much he's putting into it. Um, once again, like Natasha Leone, is that show makes that show. Absolutely. Um, the heart and the brains of the show, and yes. you can feel all of that. Yeah. Yes. Um, like I said earlier, Jean Smart in Watchmen. Fuck, she's funny. Mm-hmm. God damn, she's like a great infusion of humor in that weird fucking world. And on top of that I want to build on I want to put in Regina King as yes, well as Angela great. Abar. She just I mean she's always fucking amazing, isn't anchor she? Anchor of that show and she is always amazing and um for a show that can get as crazy as it is, she yeah, she just leads from the front, I think. As Angela, mm. she's great. Yeah, I'll let I'll let you go now for some. Um I want to put in Alex Borstein here. Susie Myers mm. continues to be the best part of Mrs. Maisel yeah, by a mile. She doesn't have a bad scene. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have a bad line. She doesn't have anything bad at all. She is just always fun and engaging. Yeah. No I matter love what they give her, she no hits it out the park. No matter what they give her, she hits it out of the park. Um, I thought Gail Rankin as Sheila and Glow this season. We didn't love Glow mm. season three. Oh, they give her some great stuff to do and she has some absolute standout moments yeah. just from a fun perspective mm. but also just from a pure like acting yeah. performance perspective. Her impersonation of a Hollywood great in mm. one particular episode yes. is fucking hilarious. It's incredible. It's so good. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed her. Um, I'm going to cheat a little bit and talk about a couple of shows that didn't come out. Oh, one of them did actually, I think about it. Nicole Kidman. As Celeste Wright in Big Little Lies. Mm-hmm. Big Little Lies season two did come out this year, so I'm going to sort of put that in. But her season one performance, she's the best part of season two. Yeah. Um, but I saw season one for the first time this year mm. and she is fucking incredible mm-hmm. in she that is. season. Um, heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. Mm. It, to, so good as to be distressing 
at times how good she is in that role. It is upsetting to watch. It is upsetting yeah. to watch. And that only is a credit to her and the work of her fellow actor in that mm-hmm. show who, for spoilers sake, I'm not going to say who that is if you haven't mm-hmm. seen Big Little Lies. Um, but yeah, she's incredible. Mm-hmm. I'm also going to mention this is definitely a cheat because <laughs> theoretically she did show up for a very brief moment in a still shot in this season three of this show, but Claire Foy in season one and two <laughs> of The Crown, which I watched the first time this year. Yeah. Uh, I was not super familiar with Claire Foy. Now moving into Olivia Coleman's run, I am loving what I'm liking a lot, so I should say, what Olivia Coleman is doing. Mm-hmm. But it made me realize how much I love what Claire Foy was doing with she was Queen Elizabeth II. Wonderful. wonderful. Mm. And finally. I'm going to say the puppeteers of Baby Yoda in The Mandalorian. <gasps> yeah. Because Round of applause. that, I mean, on a design level, that has to go a long way. But mm-hmm. the life that they give that puppet is what sells it. And Ugh. that whole show is elevated tenfold because Baby Yoda. Fold. A millionfold because of the, the magic of Baby Yoda mm-hmm. is hard to describe. Mm-hmm. It's, it really uh, is. Like it's, oh, it's mesmerizing and heartbreaking just to look at somehow. Yeah, you love him. You love him. You love him. You and I do. Love I love him. him. The world loves Baby Yoda. It like, you know, for those that have pets, sometimes you're just sitting at home and you look at them and they're being so cute and you just like tear up. My cat yesterday. Yeah. Just like <laughs> I do all the time. Sometimes I'm just lying next to Mao and I just start crying because I just love her so much. Yeah. She's so cute. Like that's how I feel about this weird puppet on a show that's only been going for one season. Yes. Like I tear up thinking about him. Yeah. And An his adorable image of little him. face. Yeah. yeah. It's just amazing. <laughs> I think that's that's worth mentioning as well. Do you have any yep. other performers, performances? Uh, I mean, I think it's important that we, while she's a great writer and all that stuff, but her performance in Fleabag is Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Oh, that was the top of my list and I got to say, <laughs> yeah, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, 100%. I mean, what she does as it, an actress is, you know, should be spoken about. It feels like it should go without saying, but no, let's say it, Phoebe Waller-Bridge Her, as incredible. an actress, yeah. is great. Yes, she's one of the best writers out there at the moment, but she's also a fucking great actress. And I think we should acknowledge that. Um Sandra Oh and Jodie Comer. Um, obviously, they, they are great actresses and I think Jodie Comer as a sociopath is wonderful to watch. Um, a lot of fun there. And yes, for making me horny. That's, you also get stuff for that. But I, they Same are, for me with Baby Yoda. Exactly. Um, I think we mentioned that earlier. Um, so, let's mention it all the time. <laughs> we come back to haunt me that one. <laughs> yeah, I think it might. Um, but no, they, they, they are great performers and I think – what while the writing wasn't as good, I agree, as in season one, what they did with the season two writing was fabulous and what they gave to their characters was incredible. Oh, yeah, you can't... Yeah. Uh, can't fault their performances, I don't think. A hundred percent. Biggest disappointments of the year. I wonder. Um, <laughs> There's a few in there for me. There are. Um, look, Game of Thrones at the top. Let's just get it out of the way. Um, it was bizarre because... And I've always said the thing where, like, you know, if people make something, it doesn't retroactively ruin what has come before. This is slightly different because it's just a part of literally a continuation of what they've done. It's not someone coming in to do a new version of something old. Yeah. But I, at the end of it, I felt stupid (laughs) for having spent so much time watching Game of Thrones, Mm -hmm. um, being so invested in it. 
and it ended the way it ended and I felt like I had wasted time (laughs) because I like I remember hearing about it coming out that this show was going to be coming out and they had a bunch of really great female characters so even before it came out I then went and bought all the books and I started reading them and I loved the books Mm -hmm. Um, and then the show started and I fucking loved it and I had a great time watching it and it doesn't detract from that but just in the moment of watching that final season I was particularly that last episode Mm -hmm. was very upset that I had spent years and years and years so invested in something that felt like a waste of fucking time it's like it's difficult because it's a show that constantly is subverting expectations it's Mm. art it's it's makes you feel like you know where this is going and then it will do something to subvert that so it feels like you can't anticipate where this is going. That's what's exciting about it. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, the ending is held up to a high standard. It is ultimately going to mean a lot because we don't get a lot of satisfaction along the way. You can't just have a moment Mm. and go, oh, I'll go back to rewatch this scene or rewatch this season or rewatch this Mm. character stuff because you're, you're denied satisfaction. And so you're you're asking for the ending to be satisfying one way or another. Mm. It doesn't mean it has to end as a happy ending fairy no, tale, not at all. but it needs to feel like complete. And if there's one thing I've learned this year, mm-hmm. and it's been reinforced over and over and over again by shows like Orange and the New Black, for instance, mm. is that endings matter. Yes, they do. They give stories context. Where you choose to end your story says a lot about what came before it. And when you say it's like things don't retroactively make other things worse that's mainly in conjunction with like oh they're going to do a new ghostbusters yeah or, or, reboots and stuff yeah, yeah where they're continuing the story after it's already had an organic yeah. finish this was this is the defining of the season mm-hmm. of game of thrones and they fucked it yeah and it is so disappointing because it was a great show in the moment for a long time and the story is ultimately well that's the thing if very disappointing it then leaves you one because it's the ending of the story it makes you go, well, what was the story about then? Yeah. Like, what was it about? Um, and I, I guess, obviously, you know, in the, its most simplistic way, you know, <laughs> the cor- corrupting nature of power, obviously, blah, blah, blah. But that's a theme. But it doesn't, yeah, but it doesn't say anything more complex than exactly. that. Exactly. It doesn't make me go, oh, this is why Game of Thrones specifically is a great telling of that theme. Exactly. It just that just is the theme, but it didn't make the story great. Yep. Um, which is which was pretty heartbreaking. Yeah. Uh, agreed. Mm. Uh, I'm gonna say American Gods season two was a pretty big disappointment for me mm-hmm. because as much as I struggled with season one to begin with, I came to get really excited yeah, we about got there, it. Didn't we? we did. And I got really into the idea of what season two might be. Mm. I was very, particularly when it came down to Laura Moon and Mad Sweeney at the very least. Mm-hmm. And then season two was just so wholly terrible. Not wholly, that's not true. There were highlights. And people like pa- uh, Pablo Hidalgo and. Um, What's his name? Emily Browning. Mm-hmm. We're still doing great work. Mm-hmm. Um, Orlando Jones is doing great work. Um, the gentleman who plays Mr. Wednesday, who's never forgotten all of a sudden, doing great work. But the show was just dead Mess. at that point. Yeah. Um, and we thought maybe that was more of a symptom of the stuff that was going with the showrunners. But now, I mean, let's add the Orlando Jones stuff on top of this. I am 
so done with yeah. <laughs> American Gods. Potential no wasted. goodwill. Yeah, yeah. No goodwill. Left, what else so is on your list for most disappointing? Um, Big Little Lies season two. Sure. Was definitely. I Season one was great. Ian McShane. That's the name of the actor. Sorry, well go on. Um, yeah, no, season one was great. It sh- There shouldn't have been a season two mm-hmm. at all. Um, that was that was very silly of them to do that. Um, not to say that they couldn't have done it well. I think they could have. Um, and it's not but this a, wasn't it? No. And it's not a total shambles or anything, mm-hmm. but I think what made the first season, well, an aspect of what made the, se- the first season really great was, you know, it's a story about women recognizing that systems in place that they have put their faith in do not actually protect them. Mm-hmm. Um, and in order to protect themselves, they discover they have to protect one another. And then they do not fulfill. And then follow through in on that. season two, it is the opposite of that. Yeah, it is the act. They split them all up, and then they tell you that oh no, you should actually put faith in the system, which is not true. <laughs> um, it doesn't work like that. Um, so yeah, I it it lost what. I thought it was meant to be about, and I found that disappointing. Sure. And Meryl Street was distracting. Yeah, I, that's we. You never got to talk about this particularly because you were on that episode of the podcast. No. Did that with Hannah. I liked overall what Meryl Street was doing mm. because I don't think, but I, my belief, the, the the conspiracy theory I came away from here is that what she was doing is what the director wanted from her. Mm-hmm. I actually like that direction, but not what the writer wanted. Yeah. And that's why there were all these reshoots and re-edits and why there's whole chunks of this season that just didn't make it into the show in the end. Mm. And that there's a conflict of uh, vision here and that gets in the way of a lot of this as well. I also just think, I mean, it's a bit funny to say because this is a show with such big names and recognisable mm-hmm. people. Um and I've I've had this problem with Meryl Streep for a while. Obviously, she's a very talented actress, Yudoi, but she's Meryl Streep. She is Meryl Streep to me at this point, and I that's all I see is Meryl Streep. Sure. And I think that's what was pretty amazing about what Nicole Kidman was doing because she's also one of those actors that I just see Nicole Kidman. Um, but in Big Little Lies, I wasn't seeing Nicole Kidman. I was yeah. just really seeing um, I can't remember the character's name. Cause Celeste. Celeste. Thank you. Um, and I fully was there with her. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, unfortunately, I continue just to see Meryl Streep, which is distracting. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to say it was the biggest disappointment, but Glow, I mm. love Glow season one and two. So season three, sort of being the step down that it was, mm-hmm. was a little heartbreaking. Yeah, I am a little sad that we're only going to get one more season, but I'm also kind of excited for the exact thing I was talking about with Orange is New Black. Um it will mean they will have to find an ending. They will be able to define this show. Mm-hmm. It won't just be dragged out and made lesser because of it. Hopefully, season three can just be the weakest one and yep. that season four can end on a great note and we can come away going. That was, for the most part, excellent. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was because Glow season one and two, mm. I fucking loved them. Mm-hmm. And I just was so happy that the show existed. But, yeah, I mean, Glow just isn't on any of my lists this year, which is yes. a pretty far I think way to fall. Yeah. Uh, and also, very slightly, because I didn't have the most investment in it, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina Season 2 was crap. And <laughs> Season 1 was certainly not Enjoyable. my normal cup of tea, but I enjoyed it, felt like it had potential. Its highs were surprisingly high for me, mm. and then Season 2 just did nothing for me. Yeah, fair enough. Mm, season 3 comes out real soon. Mm. 
I'll probably slowly watch that. Are we going to do that? Well, yeah, I don't think. I said anyway. I wasn't going to. Oh, okay, that was like I'm I'm nixing that one. Not yeah. doing it. Fair enough. Uh, biggest surprises. Honestly, I think it's the crown. Yes. How much I enjoyed it. The fact that I cared so much about Lizzie and her crew, I just did not see coming at all. Uh, it, it, it's made me more interested in current world events. I know. The like whole Meg's happening at the moment. <laughs> and it's like, leaving. cool. That's season mm. seven being written right now. That's amazing. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's one of those times that I'm like, oh, I'm so glad I'm doing the podcast because it made me watch it. I wouldn't have. I don't think I would have nah. watched The Crown ever. And I'm really glad I did because those first two seasons are Fucking great. Oh, so, I thought season three was great too. Season three was good. It, I didn't enjoy it as much. Yeah. Um, I thought the the cast shuffle was confusing for my brain and I love Claire Foy and Vanessa Kirby mm-hmm. so much. Um, but yeah, it's just a fucking good show and I didn't see that coming. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I could not have anticipated how much I was going to enjoy The Crown. It's yeah. just brilliantly made. Mm. How invested you are... I think that level can really change from person to person for a mm. number of reasons. But I was I just can't get over how beautifully produced the show is and how engaged I was in every episode. Mm. Or basically every episode. Yeah. Very, very cool. Uh Watchmen was also a surprise to me mm. because when that was announced, I just expected that to be a trash fire and the worst decision ever. <laughs> and somehow it, it was the opposite. Yeah. It's very nice. And Truly happens. original and cool. And also, again, just on a podcast level. We went back to True Detective mm. and I was a bit surprised by how well season one holds up. Yeah, it's a fucking great show. Because I can remember being in the moment when it was like the new hotness mm. and everyone was, you know, salivating over how good it was. Mm. But then time passes and you start to wonder. It's like, oh, was that just sort of a in the moment thing? Flash in the pan. Yeah, yeah. especially because season two was no good. Oh, and then awful. season three sort of as good as it was sort of just seemed to go under the radar for the most part. Mm. True Detective was just not. You know, special anymore. Yeah. Going back to season one, that is truly five star show. Five star excellent yep. season of television. It is. It holds it not does. just holds up, it was better on a rewatch. Mm-hmm. It was more complex than I thought, more meaningful, had more to say. I really, really like that show yeah. a lot. What did you have? A list of things that people should check out that we didn't review? Yes. Um, so these are just my things. Broad has not co-signed any no. of them. <laughs> so the first one is Shrill which is um, a very short, sharp season. Um, only one season out. It stars- I believe season two is coming out this year, though. Yeah, so it is. To look forward so to. it stars yep. Aidy Bryant, who I think is beyond charming and gorgeous and all of that, and she absolutely deserved her own show. There's one episode in particular that takes place at a pool party that will just warm your heart and go, fuck yes. So shrill. Definitely check that out. Um, now, this is a reality show. It's Real Housewives of Potomac. And for those that have been listening for a while, you know that I love my Real Housewives. Now, Real Housewives of Potomac is a newer franchise. There's only four seasons. So, for those that want to check out Real Housewives but don't want to invest in like 10 seasons of it, I would recommend at least to just try season four of Real Housewives of Potomac. Um, you don't need any of the backstory, but these ladies fucking hilarious um dramatic which is what you need it's an action-packed season it's exactly what you want out of your real housewives it's a perfect example of what the show should be Mm -hmm. real housewives of potomac check it out 
I should probably watch that. Was the season you recommended for me real? No, of uh, that was RuPaul. RuPaul, I gotta do that too. Yeah, season five, I believe. Um, the, ne- the next one, I think you've watched this. Correct me if I'm wrong. Dairy Girls. Have you watched that? I think we tried to watch the pilot and it didn't do oh, a lot for me. It's so funny. And God. everybody, we've got it's multiple amazing. people online trying to tell us to watch as well. I, I know. It's very funny. Um, once again, very short, easy to watch. You know, probably need to use subtitles. Um, <laughs> Maybe that was what was keeping it back. Yeah, it like, I mean, I, I watched it with subtitles. Sure. It, it really did help. Um, it's like a, just a cast of very, very funny ladies and one gent. Um, even the older cast are fucking hilarious. It's very sharp, um, a lot of heart as well. And just, you know, it's great at taking the piss. Mm-hmm. Um, for those that don't know, it takes place in Northern Ireland. I hope I got that right. Otherwise, they'll come Can't for help me. Ya. They're a proud people. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, and yeah, during the 90s, I believe, so when the very tumultuous time mm. in Ireland, um, Catholics v. Protestants, um, and just, but it's not really necessarily about that. It's just simply about being young and growing up in a place that is at war. Sure. Um, yeah. So very interesting concept and wonderfully executed. Another one, Pen Fifteen. Yeah. I was, you watched that? I, no, I've seen a couple of episodes, and I was oh. waiting for you to bring that up because yes, oh, that, I assume we're getting a second season of that this season. I hope so. Well. This show is my fucking jam. So you've got two adult women who are playing fifteen-year-olds in like high school, their first year of high school. Takes place in the night or early two thousands, which is when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. It's fucking hilarious. Like same, I guess, sense of humor as Dairy Girls a bit. Just like it's funny being a teenager and the things you do and how seriously you take yourself. Um, it's one of those ones where the the bits I've seen, mm. like we think of Stranger Things, and that feels nostalgic to a lot of people who are like living through the 70s and 80s or 80s primarily, mm. like, you know, when Star Wars was sort of still happening, um, but before video games, when the arcades were a big deal. Mm. This, there's an episode about AOL or what yeah. we would have done as MSN <laughs> and now. So, yeah. And that's like wholly nostalgic and yeah. like, oh, right, this was my life when mm-hmm. I was this age. Yeah. And it's like hitting me in a place where I'm like, yeah, of similar yeah. nostalgia. It's amazing. It's it's very funny. The uh, next one is AP Bio, which I smashed out this year, which just when I fell in love with it, it got cancelled. It was then, you know, picked up by someone else. I can't remember who because I haven't done my research, whatever. But it's, it, there Amazon? will be... I can't remember, Hulu? Yeah, yeah something like that. that. I think it might be Hulu. Mm. There will be a new season out. But if you haven't watched any of it, I really recommend you go back and watch AP Bio. It starts off... For those that have watched Community where mm-hmm. you're like, oh, I don't like this character and oh, I don't... It gets better. It's And it doesn't start badly. It no. just It just gets better and you become more invested in these people and it takes um, a really lovely turn. It's, it's, it's a great show. Another one is Black Lady Sketch Show. This show is fucking hilarious. And a lot of sketch shows very hit and miss. This one is hit, hit, hit. Hmm. The... Ladies behind this show are fucking hilarious. They are great comedic actresses. Um, now, I've only what been able to get this show just watching their clips on YouTube. But if you're in America or in another country where you can get it, absolutely watch it. Black Lady Sketch Show, fucking hilarious. Like, these are, like, some of the best writers in sketch comedy at the moment. Fuck SNL. It's goddamn boring. Black Lady Sketch Show is the future. Absolutely watch it. Now, in an unfunny thing, um, <laughs> unbelievable. Yep. 
Now, huge, huge, huge trigger warning for this. Definitely. There are depictions of sexual violence that are very upsetting, um, can be very disturbing. Um, so if you are sensitive to that, absolutely 100% do not watch this show. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is from the perspective of a victim, the way that it's shot. So it, it will be very, very, very triggering. Mm-hmm. So if, yeah, if you're sensitive at all to that, please do not watch this show. Um, I think it will be very, very upsetting. Yeah. Um, it, it, it is, a, it's a hard watch, but it is a fascinating story of um, what it is to survive that kind of attack um, and how the systems in place so often leave behind, abandon and betray victims and Mm -hmm. survivors. Um, But it also is a true story of two women who are detectives um, who are amazing at their job, work incredibly hard to find justice for victims. So it's not... It is an inspiring story through the hardship. It's hard to watch, but it is an inspiring story. Cool. And I 100% recommend people to watch it if they are able to. Yep. Another one is Mindhunter, which I watched this year. Cool. It's just beautifully made. It's, it's I mean, serial killers are just interesting <laughs> to study. Um, and then finding out about, um, it's obviously not true, but just finding out what it must have been like to kind of, discover what serial killers are, the psychology behind that, delve into those that were fascinated enough to study it um, in order to prevent crime. Um, and then we are, you are also looking at real serial killers that exist. It's, yeah, it's beautifully shot. It's, you know, the editing is incredible. Um, it's just a well-crafted, good story. So if you want to watch that bit of true crime slash fiction, Mindhunter is a good way to go. Yeah. Cool. Mm. I have nothing prepared for this segment, but That's all right. I like the sound of all of those. I should get under Dairy Girls. At you the really very, should. Very, very least. We're nearly done. We are nearly done. Most anticipated TV of 2020. Mm. Now, I'm going to use a reference here. Cameron Williams, friend of the show, did a junkie article, the most anticipated TV shows of 2020. You can find that at Junkie, and I'll put a uh, link to that in the show notes. It is a quite a long list. Some of the mm. stuff I have no idea was coming at all. Mm-hmm. Um, some of it was great to be reminded that it's coming. Mm-hmm. I would highly recommend people look at that if you want a very thorough sort of overview. But I'll go through some of the ones that stood out to me as stuff that's going to be worth looking at. Star Trek Picard, which comes out yeah. pretty soon, mm-hmm. I'm fascinated by. I haven't watched a lot of Star Trek The Next Generation, me but either. I've started to explore it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And certainly we've watched a bit of Star Trek Discovery. Mm-hmm. It's always interesting to know what they're going to do next with Star Trek. It's it's a weird show that's or, or, or franchise that's sort of in limbo trying to figure out what its modern identity is, I think. Mm. And the idea of bringing back Jean-Luc Picard for this series, how they handle that, mm. fascinates me. I'm just excited to have the opportunity to really invest in a Star Trek um, entity again, I mm-hmm. guess, because I haven't really enjoyed anything since Voyager. Sure. Um, and that's really the only Star Trek that I've ever really enjoyed. So if they've if there's a new because I love the world I think it's fucking cool I love Starfleet and all all that stuff um so yeah if they make a great show I'm very I'm excited you're are you gonna be there day one watching yeah Picard, I'm gonna watch think? it yeah 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 cool mm. uh Falcon and the Winter Soldier on Disney Plus and WandaVision. because mm. that apparently got announced to be coming out this year originally it was meant to be 2021 yeah seems to be bumped up to 2020 um. I'm very so obviously very happy with how the Mandalorian turned out. Mm-hmm. 
I haven't been a massive fan of the other Marvel shows, the Netflix ones. There were some highs there, like Jessica Jones Jessica season Jones one. one. That and was really only the season only one. highlight for me. What's Daredevil was one? Devil Devil season one was okay. I didn't like Daredevil, but n- none of it really stood out as being incredible. Mm. None of it's like the Mandalorian level for me. No, um, maybe Jessica Jones season one. The I am excited about the Winter Soldier having those characters that I'm already invested in from the MCU. Mm-hmm. Seeing what they do with them on a TV setting, I'm just interested to know what those MC shows are going to MCU shows are going to look like on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. What's their budget going to be? What's their scale going to be? How much they're going to tie back into the MCU, which I already love. Mm. It's a new era for Marvel, um, and I'm fascinated to see how it turns out. And I'm really excited for WandaVision. I'm more excited about WandaVision. Yeah, I feel like. Falcon and the Winter Soldier is going to be pretty predictable in the sense it's going to be like an action, espionage, mm. like superhero show. WandaVision could be a lot of different things. Yep. And I think both Wanda, both Scarlet Witch and Vision have been underutilized in the MCU. Mm-hmm. So giving them an opportunity to just center on those characters, on their relationship, this hyper powerful android superhuman thing, <laughs> and this. Woman whose powers have never really been properly explored outside of just like throwing shit around telekinetically. Yeah, telekinesis and theoretically she can like bend reality to her will. That's pretty nice. And the idea of centering that on like this I Love Lucy or Bewitch style like sixties black and white sitcom. Fucking great to me. Fucking the potential is that to be excellent. I'm finding now like the weirder a show sounds. Yes. I'm like, this could be great. Yeah. This could be great. And it's like, you know, it shows like Watchmen that make me go, they, they really can be great to kind of like really mix it up and give me something fucking weird. It obviously, it's just always who's at the helm, isn't it? Yeah. And the beauty of TV as well is you get a real chance to not just, it, it, you can do more than just surface level weirdness. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes something can be weird for the sake of being weird. Mm. And sometimes, and when TV is good, is that episodic format, you've got time to, yes, throw these bold ideas out there, but explore them yes. properly, like really mm-hmm. get into what's it trying to say and what's it about and give it lots of texture and and meaning. And so, I mean, we haven't seen a single frame of that. We've seen concept art, I think, mm. but I think it could be yeah. awesome. Just like concept plus character when it comes to WandaVision. I think I like and those two, two great characters actors, yeah. and I think the concept is fucking cool. So those two things together, they get me excited, but we'll see what the execution looks like. American Crime Story Impeachment. Mmm, fuck yes. Yeah. I'm so excited about that. And mm-hmm. was her name Beanie Feldstein? Yes. Is in it? Yes, playing Michael um, Lewinsky. She looked beautiful at the Golden Globes. Do you see? Oh, I didn't her see dress it, no. was fucking she looked gorgeous. Anyway. Clive uh, Owen, I believe, is playing Bill Clinton. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm excited about that. And I'm glad that Monica Lewinsky has you got know, involved. Got involved, which is very important. I think so. Someone as well. whose voice has continuously been quietened. Um yeah, no, I'm looking forward to that very much so. Really enjoyed both. Well, definitely enjoyed the OJ Simpson one a lot. Yes. Didn't love uh, the Versace one, the Versace yeah, one no, as much. Not as good at yeah, But, but definitely see the potential in that series. Mm-hmm. Everything's going to be okay, which is the new Josh, Josh Thomas show. I don't think you have any anticipation for this at all. I have no idea what it is. Oh, Josh Thomas. Yeah, Josh no, Thomas, I don't care. Because you didn't like Please Like Me a whole lot. Uh-uh. But I'm curious to see whether he can... Like I, my brother and I in particular really liked Please Like Me. Um, and I'm curious to see whether Josh Thomas has it in him to do more. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, cu- if nothing else, curious about 
what that show is. Mm. I don't have super high hopes. Yeah. But I'm going to check it out because I'm hoping yeah. it's good. You know, I'll see what you say and then I might try a couple of episodes. But, I, you know, I just don't like his sensibilities. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Run, which we don't know a whole lot about yet, but that's the Phoebe Waller-Bridge HBO series. No, I'll watch it then. I'm not even <laughs> sure it's definitely coming out this year. It's hard to know exactly... Well, I'm not even sure what stage of development that one is. I don't even know what it but is. But it's on Cam's list, and so I wanted to bring it up because, yes, people are bridge. She's writing uh, or at least producing it, and she has a recurring character on it. But, but what she's is not, it? Uh, from memory, it's about uh, a couple, a uh, man and a woman, who reconnect. Like they, I think what must have happened, the idea is like they made a pact that if they reach a certain age and they're not married or whatever, married or whatever they're mm-hmm. going to like reconnect or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's something along those lines. Right. Um, and it's based around that. Cool. Again, know very, very little about this stage. I think yeah. Donald Gleason's in it. Um, and uh, the woman, not Tony Collette, the other woman from Unbreakable. Unbreakable. That was, no, no, sorry. Um, uh, Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. That was another great show this yeah, it year. Was. Yeah, I've got um, a list of things that people should watch that we didn't review. Oh, cool. We'll get back to that as well. Uh, yeah, so that should be interesting. Bojack Horseman's final season is coming out real soon. Mm-hmm. That's going to be huge. It's going to be a big one. Definitely going to review that when it happens. The last four episodes, I think today at day of recording, the fourth last episode of The Good Place mm. will be on. So we're getting to that very soon too. Mm-hmm. I have to contact Sean about that. Russian Dolls season two theoretically could come out this year. We Sick. don't know. Very interesting how that goes. Westworld season three, you have no anticipation Fuck for that. off. How fucking dare you? Season two was so goddamn awful. It was uh, it was one of the worst TV series seasons I've had to watch. Like it was – I fucking hated it. It was so goddamn stupid, so purposely obtuse that to the point of being cruel to its audience. Like fuck that show. Is that calm enough for you? That was fine. Yeah, yeah. good. Um, I'm, I'm just interested to know if it can course correct. Can they, can they do something to save this show that had amazing potential? Season one was excellent. If they have any more timey wimey bullshit, I'm not interested. They need to go back to just some straightforward. If they play with stuff. time at all, I'm out. I'm fucking out. <laughs> at all. At all. At all. At all. Wow. Most of all, though, mm. there's only one show that I oh. can't wait till see. Oh God, what is it? Why? As oh. in. It's coming. That believe that is this year. All your dreams are coming true. I've been wanting this show for a decade or more. You've been talking about it all year as well. Like in the, the every bit of news that's coming out yeah. of that show. Oh, I my, mean, it's finally coming. Hopefully. <gasps> hopefully, fingers crossed. My biggest concern at this point is mm. that my like it's been coming for so long that it's going to get here and it's just going to be either awful or just meh. Because mm. it has the potential to be so goddamn good. Mm. So I, my anticipation of that show is sky high. Mm-hmm. God, I hope it's good. Please, I, be good. I really hope it's good for Please you. Like honestly, I hope I, it's not an American God situation. It's one of those things. It's like Avatar for me in the sense that I want it to be good so people can go back and find the original mm-hmm. graphic novel series. I just love them so much. Yeah. What about going forward for hunting seasons in twenty twenty? Mm-hmm. What do you hope for the podcast this this year? Oh, oh golly, mm, big question. Um, I hope we make a million dollars. That'd be nice. I we get a sick sponsorship deal. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like I just, I hope we have 
a smoother year. Obviously, I'm going to my second year of masters, so there still will be times where I won't be able to be here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I hope that we're able to get through that a little easier this year. I think we did pretty well in 2019. I think we did pretty well, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. What do I? I don't know. What do you hope? I just hope there's a lot of good TV to talk about. That would yeah, be helpful I, as well. Yeah, I like a little bit more hot, a few more highs. I think because yeah, 2019 doesn't excite me all that much looking back. Yeah. But yeah, I, I just hope we get some great TV. Things that really excite us to watch. Yeah. I want to get to The Leftovers. I want to get mm. to Succession. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's a really few things there I want to catch up on. Everyone keeps telling me to watch Succession. I want to get to His Dark Materials. <laughs> I don't. Oh, really? No, I haven't heard great things about that. Oh, interesting. Yes. Okay. I was going to discuss that. Have you that read thing. the books? No. Steph's reading uh, The Golden Compass right now, though. Yeah. She's really enjoying the, the first book. Our friend Lauren, who did uh, season one of Glow yes. with me on Hunting Seasons, um, she loves the books, has been watching. His dark materials and is not a fan. Hmm. So interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I would like to have more guests on. Hopefully, we can maybe mm-hmm. do some work with other lit media podcasts and get yes. on there as well. We will see. I'm looking forward to seeing. Probably not as many overall changes as we had in last season with the new titles and the new format mm. and like things like that. I don't sell into the rhythm a bit more. This I year. think so. I'd yeah. like to just yeah try and be consistent this season mm. or this year. See where things go from there. Mm. I am looking forward to 2020 in a big way and hopefully mm-hmm. the Tigers win in again this year. Mm-hmm. And on that note, we will see you for our review of The Sopranos Season 2 next week. Mm, I need to start watching <laughs> Me that. too. Haven't watched a single episode. Just 13 hour long episodes to watch in one week. That'll be fine. <laughs> Maybe we should just quit the podcast right here. That's a lot of work. No, we'll be right. We'll do it. <laughs> We'll get there. If the podcast is late, you know why. Yeah. Just after you spoke about being more consistent. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Hunting Seasons. We will see you next week. Bye for now. Bye. Good night, everybody. And so, completely.